0: Welcome to We Will Rank You, a podcast where we take an album's tracks and rank them from least fave to our most fave. Uh, With me, I have the likely lads, Sam, Adam, and Dan, which which as an acronym spells SAD. And let's see if they (laughs) are, because I have forced them to listen to one of my favorite bands, The Jam, which stands for Jim's Amazing Music Choice for this podcast. Nice. Uh, when, when Adam floated the idea that we'd each pick a Greatest Hits album to pod about, I knew my pick would be the one that introduced me to this band, The Jam, and that is 1983's Snap. Um, for our Greatest Hits picks so far, Adam started us out with Queen, Sam went Otis Redding, and so here we are with my pick. Um but these guys moaned about Snap uh, when it was announced. Oh, my God. Uh. They did not want to do a 29-track, four-hour deep dive. So <laughs> I have reluctantly, like, uh this pains me. Agreed to do 1984's compact snap, which is only 21 tracks, so it just removed eight tracks from your, Snap.
1: Your generosity knows no bounds. Yes.
0: Dan. So Dan, thank you. Let's see if we can do this in three hours, okay? Um, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. We we are ranking from our collective worst to our collective first, which means one of us can always drag down the average on an absolute gem of a track, an absolute you know peach. That that um, sounds like a threat. Let's try to avoid that, is what I was going to say. Um, so, uh, Dan, what's your relationship to this album or this band?
1: My relationship is I knew two songs of the jam. I could name you two songs before a month ago. It was oh, wow. almost exactly a month ago. Um, I have now spent more hours listening to the jam than... Probably a hundred artists that I that I know far better. I'm not sad at all, Jim. You could never make me sad, but I am exhausted. <laughs> I'm I'm fucking exhausted to be honest with you. Um, I want to clarify something. You did not cut eight tracks for us not to have to listen to. You just said those other eight. You still need to listen to, but for a separate ranking to decide which one you wanted to replace, which we'll get to in a minute. So you actually did, in fact, uh, cause us to listen to 29 songs. And so I want to start off with the caveat, which is I take homework seriously, just like you do. I listened to this a lot. Spotify probably thinks my all time favorite band in the entire world is the jam right now. That's um, so great. Love and love it. But, you know, unfortunately, it's hard to go from zero to 100. And so one thing I really struggled with is um, I, of course, think I got it right. I think my rankings are right. But of course. Getting yeah. to the no, context of – thank you, Sam. Thank you. Really understanding why and what fits and diving into the lyrics, I just didn't have time. I felt like it was just – I was panicked about this album. I have to tell uh-huh. you, like just listening again and again and being like, oh, my God, I missed that and I – I think I took it a little too seriously, guys, and so um, go easy on me.
0: Oh, Dan, you make me so happy. Thank you for taking <laughs> this seriously. And, and, you know, I just I wanted you to have a good month. Last month when we signed this, I, I just said, I want to make Dan's September into October excellent. I'm, I'm driving uh,
1: a Vespa around town now. I'm uh, wearing
0: yes. really tight
1: jeans, the whole bit.
0: Nice. Okay, good. Uh, Sam, same question. Well, and
2: uh, please repeat the question.
0: bachelor number two same question Uh, uh, what's your relationship to this album and this band
2: so okay i'll start off by saying sometimes here on the podcast someone will pick an album or an artist and i think okay cool i guess you know and sometimes not many times not many times it's an artist that i actively dislike and this This is not one of those times, because there's a third time where someone picks an artist that I love, and I love the jam, and I love this pick. Great choice, Jim. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, I think I knew of the Style Council before I knew of the jam. Um, I Mm. think my sister got a mixtape from a girl who lived in New York, and it had all these cool bands on it, and the Style Council was one of them. But um, I probably knew some of their videos from our local uh, public television video show that was called Teletoons, but I don't think I really paid any attention to the jam before I heard them on 91X on a block party weekend in probably 1986. Mm, nice. And what did that mm. sound like? It sounded like this.
3: Shut up. <coughs> the cutting edge of rock 91X going out to downtown San Diego. It's a block of the jam. <laughs>
1: So oh, you knew yes. where to find that. That's amazing.
4: Oh my! Oh god. yes! Wow! Was this that was one Robin? Of my ta- yeah.
5: yeah. Oh my god! I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it was. This was.
2: This was one of my uh, tapes that I just listened to all the time. And and it's funny because this set, as I was listening to it today, um, was they. Um, it, it started off with Depeche Mode, and she's like, "It's a block party weekend, and here's a 45-minute block." So I just put the tape in, That's hit record. I mean. And just let it go, and it was like Depeche Mode. I think uh, Simple Minds was after this, but um, so that's that's where it started for me, and I abso- absolutely fell in love. This was such a great pick, um, and and th- also an inter- interesting thing. So it was all around the world and going underground with the two songs they mm-hmm. played. <laughs> um, wow! I was I was already a huge fan of the Vapors, which if you uh, don't know the Vapors. Uh-huh very much uh, in in the jam mod style. So um, when I discovered the jam, I was like, wait, there's more like this. And they had so many albums and so many songs. I was like, this is amazing. So I was like a huge fan just almost immediately. Um, And then at some point, I think it was probably in the mid nineties, I ordered the 1991 compilation, the jam greatest hits. um, And I've never bought one of their albums proper, but do you really need to? I mean, (gasps) I, I didn't know of Snap and I think it's a fine representation um, with one exception, uh, and we'll, we'll, get oh, we we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Interesting. Uh, of their output, uh, but this this for me was probably maybe one of the hardest ones we've done yet. Beautiful. Yep. I I listened how, so how much. How different
1: was your greatest hits album from Compact Snap?
2: Uh, it it um I think it had mo- most if not all the songs. It hmm. it was just like a maybe a different um I don't I don't think it had it didn't have Smithers Jones. It didn't have Dreams of Children. Um, I think it's a little more compact yeah. than compact now Yeah, it, well, even more shaved down. If one was, so that's that's the jam for
0: Sam. That is that is great, Sam. So pleased. I wanted to make your month great too, Adam. You
5: did. I loved it, Adam. Adam, <laughs> let's make it a you know full house. Well, I just I I, I guess I'm feeling a little bit used in general. Um, I feel that this podcast has becomes a, sort of. Like we're in a human museum and this is what an Anglophile, an American Anglophile looks like. And, and people just listen in from all over the world to see what Americans think of the British. And this episode is not going to help at all. This is totally what it's like to look in on a bunch of British stuff that we don't understand. And from a very young age, I was, I wouldn't say I was obsessed with mods, but I thought it was a very mm. cool scene. San uh, San Diego, is one of the american epicenters for the the mod yeah. scene uh, san diego and berkeley were two of the biggest cities in the country that had a mod scene and we all had them at our school and we strangely or luckily enough happened to have one of the top american revivalists in the, the world the event we were friends with these four kids who dressed like 1965 england And they had a band that is still talked about and their records are re released in Spain and they go tour there and they were just guys in our classes. So we were around it and I've always been a little bit fascinated by it, but I was never that into the jam. I liked them. I knew a few songs, didn't know too much. Jim went away to college and Mm -hmm. in his tiny dorm room, he didn't have room for a proper stereo. So he left me with his vinyl for that first year. And one of the records that I listened to a lot was his copy of the jam, Snap. And that was kind of my first introduction to a bunch of songs. Uh, To Sam's point, 91X played the jam a lot. So I did know a whole bunch more than just their most famous songs. But that was really it. I did buy Compact Snap on CD a few years later. And I have lots of friends that love them. So they're impossible to avoid. My girlfriend is a huge fan. She is... Very opinionated in what we're about to do. Oh, really? So let's not mess it up in front of her. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> and I was just in England, just looking at tons of mod stuff. Went to Brighton, went to mod shops, oh, finally God. bought cool clothes. The whole bit. So I love this stuff, but I'm—I honestly feel like I don't know that much about it. So to to what Dan said, I kind of felt a little pressure too. I was doing a whole bunch of research and thinking, oh my gosh, there's going to be all these people who really know their shit, and. <laughs> And if I know the most out of any of us, we're in trouble. No, oh. uh, but it's still going to be a fun list, and I love I love hearing your opinions, whether you know them or not. So this is going to be fun. That's what I was thinking. I want to
1: note I want to note that too because um, first of all, I feel like an idiot because you guys are all saying how much 91X played them, and I grew up in San Diego. I don't have much memory of that. It's so interesting how just if the band isn't on your radar, you just right. yeah. you somehow just don't even remember those parts. But I did zero homework, so like. I don't know how many albums they put out. I don't know if this is in chronological order. I do have a guess on that. Um, I don't know how the albums divide up. So um, I decided to stay completely clueless because I think rather than try to catch up, there's something actually pretty interesting about just staying totally blind, just being like, this reminds me of this. Absolutely. We need that.
0: I'm i I, like a hobbit. You know, I get really comfortable and cozy where I am and I'm just not, I'm not curious and it took me a while after falling in love with Snap, it took me a while to go deeper. I did, I don't know why. I, I just, I, I think ne- things need to hit me in the face or be brought into my stereo and placed down on the on, on the uh, turntable and somebody hit play for me to introduce me to new music. I just re-listen.
1: Or, or assigned to you. Yeah, now.
0: and now this, yeah, exactly. This podcast, you know, I never listened to Kate Bush, Hounds of Love, right? I, I, but I, it was assigned. And so then I was like, oh my God, I'm 50 years old getting into that album now um this one um uh, as far as my relationship with the jam i think it's the best trio ever i think it's the coolest band ever i let me say this i'm not cool but i know what cool looks like and it's paul paul weller from (laughs) Uh 1977 to seven to 82 um Uh uh-huh uh, I can't wait to hear what you three have to say about these tracks. Just like uh, you were saying, Adam, I'm excited, but it kind of got my shields up because I'm afraid of the slings and arrows that are coming to harm these songs, which are all my babies. Um, we always talk about, you know, where's your line? Like what, what are the, the songs yeah. above your line? You can't live without the songs below. You could, you know, okay. I I could skip them. I, I, I want to know where your line is. Um, to start no, no no no
4: well you know what
0: uh, it, just give me give me you know is your line 10 and above or you know all there are 21 tracks on this um uh on compact snap uh every time i say compact dan owes me a dollar jesus christ um uh anyway yeah out of 21 songs where's your line uh dan do you know where it is
1: i of course i know where it is jim i did my homework (laughs) um you know that's where kind of this caveat fits in like everything's going to be plus or minus two here two or three that's kind of where i still am but um as of press time i've got my line above 17. okay so i've got 16 songs here that i was willing to live with so compact snap could be a little more
5: compact
0: but not that much more Uh, adam what do you got just real quick I got
5: thirteen. Thirteen. Wow. Okay. Thirteen. Sam. And and and, mm-hmm. and as ever, that's that I absolutely uh, can't live without. But I like just about everything on there. Right. So
1: yeah.
2: On compact snap, yep. my line is above eighteen. However, <laughs> that's not including one of the surplus songs yeah. that's on snap itself. So if you include that, if there's twenty two songs, then I guess my line would be above. What's that? Nineteen?
0: Yep.
4: Yes. Yeah. That's so, how that works. Okay. Yeah. That's
0: that's confusing even me. And I started this whole thing. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I love it all. I cannot live without any of these songs. Um, Bold. So uh, okay. So guys, uh, let's reveal last place. Um, this is our last place song based upon the average of all four of our in- individual ranks. So. Listener, let's see if you agree with the four clowns on this podcast. Um, in twenty-first place, guys, do not disappoint me. We have—I'm revealing live. Oh yeah, I forgot. We're news that. of the world. Oh my god, have you made a mistake?
4: I love you absolutely <laughs>
0: wrong. What, just because Bruce sings it? Or is written by Bruce and not Paul? Okay, uh, Adam, why don't you go first? Where did you have this one?
5: I had this one last. Oh, my God. And I didn't have it last at first. It just sort of it, it rose and fell. This is a song by their bassist, Bruce Foxton. And funny enough, I don't know if you guys noticed this, it's the third of three worldly songs Mm. in a row
4: on Compax. Oh boy, did I ever.
1: I'm Mm. like, not only do I need to figure out 21 songs, but three of the first four have the fucking (laughs) word world in the title? (laughs) I will never get through this.
4: I thought that was really
5: interesting. It is, you know, they're a a very political and uh, and social commentating kind of band and the subject of this is don't believe the media. And there are so many punk songs that are about don't feed the lies of the media. And even so, in, the maybe I have maybe I have the, the benefit of hindsight, but it, it doesn't strike me as something that well done. And he himself is, is first to say, Paul Weller was the main songwriter. I was just sort of, I struggled. He, he said it, I struggled with, with writing lyrics. So he suffers from being in the same band with a really good wordsmith, kind of like our buddies in XTC, uh, funny enough, <laughs> he has the exact same rad mullet that our friend Colin molding had in, around that time, which is interesting because, uh, as some of you know, Bruce started a band called From the Jam so he could sing jam songs uh, as the jam has not been together for, for forever. But uh, the made up fact that not a lot of people know is that there's actually a, a band that he started with Colin molding called from the from the back, not from the jam. Uh, which refers to the mullet party in front, party in the back. And so they uh, have been touring for years, playing songs uh, of their... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Dan shaking his head. Yeah, it's like okay. m- <laughs> So, So Adam, that's your 21st last song in the album, which is still amazing to me. What would you have replaced it with from the ones that were left off? Uh, okay, so yeah, Jim gave us this task. Instead of choosing a song f- from the entire jam catalog, Uh, that should have been on there. He said, no, it has to be the eight songs that didn't make the cut from the 29 track version to the more compact 21 uh, track version. And so from that, I wasn't totally sure which one I was gonna choose. And then I ended up being influenced by a band called The Basics. And The Basics are a local San Diego band that came out, I don't know, six, seven years ago and they're basically like our basically. little basically, uh, basically, oh jeez. And they even spell it B A S S like kind of like the Beatles oh, did the nice. little twist, yes. So they are a bunch of young South Bay Latino guys and we've talked about this in the Smiths and maybe some other episodes, but the coolest people that are into old British music these days in Southern California are young Latinos. And so these guys started a band that was basically All about the jam they played Rickenbackers and they had these great songs where you could kind of pick apart oh my gosh that's a little bit weller and they looked cool they dressed I mean just fantastic and so I knew I had to reach out to them and get their opinion on what their favorite jam song was and then looking around I saw them doing away from the numbers and it totally resold me on that song it is on their first record and it's it was already sort of that first record's very kind of more punk. I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but a lot of those early songs are very like just energy um, and not as melodic. And that song kind of stood out because it was way more, oh, it's like the slower Who song. It's got them, it's got harmonies. So, and seeing them do it actually really, you know, made me like him even more. So I reached out to their bassist because they're called the basics, uh, Vino Martinez. He sent me back this short uh, little audio message that I'm going to play for you guys. And he talks about how he first heard the jam uh, in a skate video of all places, which is so Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) The way we find out about stuff is is so random. So this is Vino talking a little bit about the jam.
6: I got into the jam because I saw this Osiris video. It was called Feed the Need that had a part where they played That's Entertainment. And I was just like, who's this? What's this? What's going on? And I found out that it was a jam, and and that I just kind of like went from there. Started listening to the other stuff and kind of got really into them. And we even ended up covering a bunch of their stuff, the basics. So that was really fun. We played down in the tube station, um, away from the numbers in the city. I'm pretty sure we. I'm forgetting other ones, but yeah, it was it was fun times. I think my favorite song off of the Compact Snap album would have to be Down in the Tube Station at Midnight. Now I'm kind of sad that uh Thick Steve's didn't make the cut to that that one too. So yeah. Seeing Paul Weller live at the show uh when he did, I think it was a like part of the Saturn's Patterns tour. It was really fun and uh it was it was really cool to see him, man. He's he's doing great out there, you know, like still
5: Thanks, Vino, for sending that. I have Vino to thank for something kind of interesting. I don't know if it changed my life, but he was one of every other bassist in San Diego that asked to do that Spanish-Italian tour that I did with the Schizophrenics back in 2015, was it? And he said no because the basics were supposed to open for Paul Weller, or they were probably going to get to open for Paul Weller. And so he said no to this tour and I got to do it instead. They didn't get the gig. I'm so glad you got to see Paul Weller anyway. I just watched a video of them in the front row jumping up and down like crazy to Paul Weller doing Paul uh, to doing Town Called Malice in San Diego. Anyway, that's my last. That's what I think should be on there. Who's next? Okay, so instrumental break and in away from the numbers, the
0: ooh, that is, that is worthy of inclusion. I cannot believe they left that off. The other songs that you had to choose from were um, Billy Hunt, Butterfly Collector, Mr. Clean, Tales from the Riverbank, Man in the Corner Shop, Away from the Numbers You Chose, "Thickest Thieves, He Mentioned, and English Rose Are All Left Off. Um, so thank you, Adam. Uh, okay, Sam, where'd you have news of the world? I had News of the World at number 19. Uh, the For
2: me, the lyrics aren't great, as Adam kind of alluded to. The music's all right. Uh, it's got a solid ending. And uh, so the, the song that I chose, that I would choose to be on uh, Compact Snap
0: instead of um, my no no this is your uh, news of the world you, you had it at 19 so that's not your last place uh, okay i see where yeah. we got it okay yeah 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 okay well thanks for that well. right. in the bud Appreciate so uh dan you're couched nicely between 19 and 21
1: yeah where'd you, where'd i i thought you were going you? lowest to highest that that threw me for a loop um anything's up here yes <laughs> i had news of the world at 20 and i hear you i i was a little disappointed myself for putting it down here um because it kind of rips like it's i love the energy of it and what i finally concluded the reason i couldn't lift it any higher is there's a lot of great bits but somehow it doesn't feel like it coalesces into a song it's almost like they're Mm -hmm. just jamming they're trying a bunch of things it just never kind of came together and the low point for me is when he's like read all about it that's just i don't know that that doesn't do it for me it kind of feels very forced um so, anyways, uh, the drums are amazing. There's like some great little flourishes, but um, it uh, it just ended up ranked lower than everything else.
0: This this song that read all about it, um, the guitar behind it, leave you down down. It is it is so important to the especially the early stuff where the guitar punctuates the the lyrics um, and. Paul, Paul can fill, I mean, you don't need a rhythm guitarist. I can't believe you don't need a rhythm guitarist. Um, he, he just, he does it all. And it sounds like a complete song. I totally agree with your, like maybe um, cobbled together different pieces. I, I could see how you say that. I probably thought that first time I heard it, but over repeated uh, listenings, this one rose to number 14 for me. I freaking nope. love this one. Wow. It beat a lot of the other, er, other early stuff on the snap. Hmm. Um, I love the op- opening echoes. Uh, it's such a driving groove, like right right away. Da-da, da-da, yeah. da-da, uh-huh. da. The verses are just the strong chords of those heavy bends of the of the guitar strings by Paul early on. Um, uh, don't believe it all, find out for yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I I I didn't I didn't get hung up on the lyrics. Um, uh, anyway, I I absolutely love that song. It rose to number fourteen. All right, so that's our God with an average of eighteen point five zero, guys. <laughs> Not that that matters at all, but I'm just like uh, amazed okay. that could, that's the last to someone place.
1: Keeping score at home.
6: Yeah.
0: All right. Revealing the next one, number twenty, the dreams of children. Number twenty. <laughs> Uh, Dan, why didn't you go first? Wow. Yeah, that's
1: the correct answer here. Um, uh, a lot of stuff shifted around. It probably took me two or three listens to get this last, and then it never moved. Um, you know, it starts in, and you're kind of like, okay, this could be interesting. Where's this going? Guys, the answer is it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> it just, <laughs> just kind of moves. It just kind of limps. Um it just didn't interest me. Then you've got that keyboard solo that's kind of like the fake horn. Um, yeah, this one just really underwhelmed uh, me overall. There's one uh, quote that cracked me up. I just happened to come across this over this month while we were listening to this. Um, I saw a quote from The Edge, and he was talking about seeing the jam play on top of the pops and uh, his big revelation when watching them. And he, he liked the jam a lot. But his big revelation was, uh, quote, realizing that actually not knowing how to play was not a problem. (laughs) And I just thought of this song when I heard that, because so many of especially the early songs is like one note, other note, one note, other note. And this song to me is kind of like captures that uh, at its at its greatest. So this this song just didn't do it for me. Mm. Where did you have it? Twenty one. last.
2: What would you replace it with? What would you replace it with?
1: So I'm Team Vino. I'm going thick as thieves. Nice.
4: Excellent.
1: I'll admit I didn't listen to these eight in great detail, but I'm happy that I landed in the same place that he did. Um, It just was the catchiest to me. My number two was away from the numbers, Adam. I was close on that. Um, I liked both. But I'll be honest with you. If you asked me what I really replace 21 with that, I don't know. Because, again, I didn't hate the Dreams of Children. So.
4: Hmm.
0: All right uh geez adam you have this one down there too
5: yeah i have it at 19 and i don't have anything to say about it which kind of speaks to the sameness of some of those earlier tracks they came out of early punk basically and as much as their heroes were, or I guess I guess the, their influence has kind of seeped in as, as time went on, which is what makes them so interesting that they progress so much in just five years that it sounds like a completely different band at the end. But I definitely have four or five songs here where if you played me the first, I'm not going to know which one it is, and this is mm-hmm. one of them. So because I didn't know, I had to, you know we, we do that sometimes because we're, we're studying so much and we have to write little notes to ourselves for which one is which. And I just put, I was alone. That's my only note. Now I know which one that is. I have nothing else to say about it. So,
4: There
1: were times I had to take breaks at times because I was like, oh my God, I'm getting so confused. I'm not hearing anything anymore. I had to like split it into bits at first. And then towards the end, I totally, I had it.
0: How great would it have been to grown up with this, you know, and you get five years to digest it. (laughs) Um, Totally. uh, You know, I had it at 15. you haven't mentioned the taxman opening riff you know Mm -hmm. totally Uh, the backward masking i was alone Uh no one was there i was alone and the drum heads um i love the great bass line and uh someone's gonna crack of your dreams Uh, tonight the outro is great oh my god they can come into a song and out of a song so well this band i freaking love them um, I actually was trying to like see, how many times do they actually fade out? Because I thought they never fade out. They always end strong, but it's about 50% of the time, so I stopped <laughs> really? track of that. Um, anyway, Sam, I it at 15, and so did you, yes, you smart I man. Um, yeah, so I, like
2: Adam, or no, Dan, had it at the very bottom. My first couple listens through, I'm like, yeah, there's not much to this song. And I'm like, whatever, so boom straight to the bottom and then it was 2 days ago that I was doing something and I'm like I was alone no and no I was way. like whoa wait a minute wait were you alone yep. when you did that or
5: no yep. I was <laughs> my wife's out of town so I was unless no you count
2: the pets and so that and then there was like 3 of us here but anyway um but uh but yeah so like I and I so I went back to it and I started listening to it and I was like ooh this is pretty good and uh it just kept I was like, "Yeah, this is way better than that song," and then I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is way better than that one too." <laughs> oh yeah, wait, and it and, and it ended up at 15 because um, I really like it. It's uh, the looped guitar, like you said. I dig the verses, um, and it's. Uh, it, I mean, it's not the best jam song, clearly. It's at number 15 for me, but it's got some. It's got some really cool moments.
0: Okay, hey, uh, number 19. Is that yes? There yeah. we yeah, go, making progress. It is <laughs> funeral pyre. Oh wow. Wow, okay, so Sam, you had it lowest.
2: I had Funeral Pyre at number 20. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the bass and the drum opening is fantastic, and uh, Rick Buckler's uh,
0: drum work on this is so good. Yep, unbelievable. And that's really it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. I, really. I I had it at 18 Sam I, the the weak get crushes the strong goes stronger I love that line and the drums and everything but it just falls when com- in comparison with all yeah. the other tracks on the album
4: Agreed.
5: Uh, Adam where'd you have it? Yeah I had it at 17 uh, yeah. and my thoughts were the same like the first thing I think of is those incredible drums it's kind of maybe rejoice by you two just like total drum workout uh, he's great he's a great great drummer oh yeah and uh, interesting, I think this was one of the only songs that they all had a co-writing credit uh, for, mm-hmm. possibly because it it came from his drums. I think yeah. is what I read somewhere is that the, the, it kind of like came from a jam quote. Apparently, that's where the, the band name came from too. No one can really remember. <laughs> Apparently, how best, they how they best band that. name ever. It's a I good love one. This band yeah, name. Yeah, so God short, damn. like no no one else Because
2: they it. started in what like seventy two.
0: Uh, uh, so early, really.
4: Oh, yeah, well, and you
2: guys were you guys were talking about um, uh, dreams of children being like one of the early songs. That was actually almost nineteen eighty. So like it was mid period for like the classic lineup. Uh. They started releasing in seventy seven. And they broke up in what 82,
0: 83? Yeah, eighty two. So it was almost mid so,
5: period. Yeah, Dreams of Children wasn't early. Yeah, no, it, it, not. it feels to me like I guess I guess I sort of there's there's songs of theirs that are more straightforward and not as melodic. Mm-hmm. Got it. So it's yeah. not really that it sounds yeah. like punky, but I guess that was one of them. So
0: yeah, um, uh, Dan, Dan, rebuttal.
1: Yeah, guys, you're you're a hundred percent wrong. I mean, I was I started this podcast saying like you know uh, give me some slack, like I I. I'm coming from behind, but you guys are just way off on this. I have <laughs> Funeral Pirate number seven, and I wondered if that was too low. Um yeah. <laughs> Look, I know you're in love with the jam as this swinging 60s mod band. I get it. I get that that's like classic jam, but guys, give them some permission to be a bit different. Like, I got to this song, and I was like, holy shit, this is interesting. And Adam, you want to talk about, like, all the songs blend together and you're having trouble telling. This song, you always knew exactly what it was because yep. it's totally different. Uh-huh. I thought it was really interesting how a lot of the early stuff really reminded me of early XTC. I don't know how well you guys know early XTC, but that same punk Angular
5: pop. guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my
1: God, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. This reminds me of, like, mid-stage XTC. Like, this could be a Black Sea track practically... Um, I think some of those drums, it's almost like the rollicking version of of sacrificial bonfire. Um, another nice fire song. Um, I really dug this song to your point. Those drums just absolutely make it, but the bass goes along with it. The whole thing just gallops that echo voice, you know, in the back as Mm -hmm. the flames go. It just, I dug this song. Um, you guys are wrong. Yeah, right. kind of, you have
0: uh,
2: a real affinity it. You have a real affinity for like that Those those beats, like those drum beats Yeah, so I,
1: anything I can, I can warmongering is my vibe That's true <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking living through,
5: an, living through Another Cuba I'm like, what song is kind of like have
0: that, Oh like, yeah, uh, great like point that.
1: Great yeah. point, yep
0: Alright, next up on the list, I think we're at 18 Guys, it is Eton Rifles Eton Rifles ah,
1: Speaking of war
3: I know. <laughs> what <laughs> the
0: hell are you guys thinking? Okay, um shit. I just want to go first because I ranked at the highest. Um, but I'm gonna, <laughs> um, Throw a curve. Throw a curve, All right.
1: guys, Although then it'll I end with this. us dissing the track. I don't know if yeah. you don't want that. I know. You don't but want that. you don't Listen, want that.
0: sup up your beer. Um, um All right. Hello, hooray! Cheers, then mate. um Hello, hooray! An extremist state. Every every time you know you change the lyrics on that. Um, I'm in. I, I just love, I love how it's just not samey samey. Uh, it's an unbelievable bridge. Um, run off home for your tea. I mean, the, the whole, br- God, can these guys ride a bridge. Um, great guitar solo into the organ solo. Um, you know, Eden rifles as a kid, I was like, well, but then I saw, um, Then I saw uh, Peaky Blinders, and I was like, oh, they're talking about small Heath rifles in that show. And it's just like a a military unit, you know, Uh World War I. Um, I I love that kind of texture to anything that I don't understand, uh, kind of understanding. A great ending, you know, Etern Rifle. And then I was like, why why is Etern Rifles, why does that sound familiar? And it's almost Big Ben. It's almost the Big Ben chimes. Ding, 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 ding. Um, and so, anyway, it's just very buff. British to me. It's very English to me, you know? Um, and uh, anyway, I love it all. Um, where do you got it, Adam? I got it at 15. Did I say I had it at 8? I had it at number 8. Oh, wow, you're you up, got it up there, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'm oh, the that's lowest. Your funeral py- that's your funeral pyre. Oh,
5: man. <laughs> so, yeah, talk about British. It has maybe my favorite most British line in this whole thing, which is, there's a row going down in Slough like yeah oh it. my gosh so yeah. british uh yeah my my roommate stacy I, I threw it out to her today she said this is her favorite um she grew up in a mod family her brother was in a san diego mob band called manual scan there's a picture on our refrigerator of her and her brothers or no her brothers and sisters had a band and he's wearing a mod shirt in it <laughs> like the keith moon like like kind of right. like what i'm wearing now my Ben Sherman. yeah and uh now it's a good one that but i think the 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 hook of the of the title is is maybe the best part it's just it, i i always get it in my head uh, like randomly yeah. i guess it came from there's some story of some civil protest that was going on and as they were walking by Eaton, uh, some some of the guys that were protesting got into a fight with a bunch of locals who beat Students, them up and right? and yeah. they didn't start it but they They finished it and they and they laid into some of the protesters who were (laughs) who were peacefully protesting, too, because these these thugs that were protesting decided to, like, get into it and it didn't go well, apparently.
4: Mm.
1: So what what number did you have it again, Adam?
5: I got that at 15.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Dan. You got the floor. Where'd you have it?
1: Me? Uh, I have it at 19. Um, I the hook didn't do it for me. It was. I don't know. Two on the nose, the guitar and the voice going. Ethan rifle. Like I knew that was the part I was supposed to fall in love with, and I just <laughs> didn't. Um, again, twenty-one songs. A lot of them have kind of a, a similar sound. This was one that just didn't stand out for me. Um, I thought other songs did. Some of the things I liked about the song just did it better. So, okay. Um, yeah, this ca- this actually kept going down. I think it started in the middle and. I was actually more sick of it the more I listened to it. (laughs) Oh, my
0: God. Okay, we're going to have Dan stop talking. Go ahead, Sam. I kind of agree
2: with Dan. I had it at number 18. Um, It starts out with so much build, like that bass and those drums. Oh,
1: yes. The opening here is phenomenal. Thank
2: you for that. It's really great. It's really great. Um, And it it is funny because for years, the only lyric I ever really knew from this was, Eatin' rifles. Right, Sam. And And it is that hook. But now I, the the other day I was doing something and listening to the to all these great songs and doing my homework, and the part that I kept like when the songs ended, the the part that came to my mind for Eaton Rifles was the "Hello Hooray" part, yeah, which is I, is so cool, and that's the part I remember for that song now, which is great because the Eaton Rifles part just sounds kind of bland in, in comparison. Um, but and so to Jim to contrast you. I thought that this was maybe one of the weaker endings um, like and I see what you're saying about it being a good one but it's like that they has got going out it's got the guitar freak outs a little bit and then it just ends on Bom! and I was like oh okay like you've done that better
0: <laughs> um, we're going to number 17 and it is David Watts So, guys, I will start here. Isn't this the Kinks cover? It yes. is. Okay. It's got to be last on, on the album. It, it was not written by the jam. I love it. I've always loved it. Um, but I would definitely replace it with freaking English Rose, which is one of my favorite jam songs ever. And I cannot believe that they left off English Rose. Um, so shame on them all. Oh, my God. Absolutely
5: uh, could have predicted that that was your one that you would want. For yes, us. Sam. you want to go next?
2: No, I just want to say, like, English Rose, that was the one that I was like, like, the lyrics at first sounded terrible and out of tune, but there was something in their earnestness that ends up kind of connecting. The music is simple and fitting for the song, but it gave me such huge love vibes. So, oh like, my God. it's not surprising yeah. that you like it and you liked love because, totally. like, that song totally felt that
0: for me. Oh my God, the atmospheric foghorns and the the waves and the, I mean, everything about it. And, you know, going, you know, going back to England. And I was in San Diego at 13 years old and I wanted to go to England. That's where the culture came from. Uh Um, Anyway, okay, that's David Watson. I I would replace it. Um,
5: Go ahead, Adam. I've got it at 14. And I think I can safely assume that I'm the biggest Kinks fan of the four of us. I think so. I am mad for that era of kinks that late 60s kinks and this is an album opener it is fantastic and it's it's one of those little slice of life like let's put some random kid uh that's the best boy guy at the school on a pedestal in some really silly way like he's the purest and noble like i was thinking like who would be the david watts of our high school like who was like a good looking guy who was good at I'm like steve calveo might be our our david watts or somebody like that like I don't know. Like it, it's just it, it's it's funny. It's a funny way thing to do. There's some other. I'm driving me crazy. There's some other. Um, I'm not gonna say. I, I can't think of a song like it, but there's something else like it. I'll edit this out. Where they've taken some small child and, and built it into a god. Kind of think that's what he's doing here. It's a good cover. It, it They've done a lot of great covers. I'm 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 okay that this is the only one that made it here. Uh, Sam is really dying to tell us about some covers of, of theirs that he likes, I believe. The Batman one is terrible. The Batman one is Yeah, I okay. agree. Yeah. <laughs> the Who did Batman, it was sort of a standard. Uh, yeah, I get it, but know, not good. But uh, not nearly as good as them doing stuff like Curtis Mayfield's Move On Up, or I saw them doing I Got You by James Brown today. I was like, Jesus Christ, did they get good? Anyway, uh, that's where I have it. It's it's fine, but it's not yeah. like amazing, life-changing. Sam, where do you have David Watts? I have David Watts at number
2: 12. Uh, Very much the jam in their 60s mod fascination. I get it. Like, of course, they would do a a Kinks cut song. Um, Interesting to read that the real David Watts was not only the head boy at the school. um, Well, actually, he wasn't the head boy at the school. He was a promoter. Was actually gay, so it lends a little double meaning to the line. He is so gay and fancy free, uh, and for all the girls trying to go out with him and not succeeding because
0: they're not going to. Uh, okay, I had it at number twelve. All right, uh, Dan,
1: I had it at number ten. Um, wow. I did struggle with this a bit because I get um, I get the point. Like they didn't write it. It was it was a cover. I love the original by the Kinks. Um, it is a little bit straightforward but somehow just speeding up that beat putting the drums front and center it feels very jam like they they definitely inhabit this song and um we're going to talk a bunch more about this i'm sure but just like that that upbeat energetic version of the jam is just so friggin' addictive and they just took that about themselves and injected it into David Watts, and I went back and listened to the original, and, like, it's funny, when you listen to them back-to-back, back, it almost does make the original feel a little lethargic compared yeah. to what they did, so I appreciated that, and I was happy every time this came on, and so I was like, even though it's a cover, I can't ding it too hard, and so it ended up at number 10. Wow, not
7: yeah. brilliant. I, I, didn't it's know brilliant it was
2: the, I didn't know it was the kinks when I first heard it, and um, oh, when I found neither. out, back I was like, day. oh, yeah, that that definitely makes sense but it but it could easily be like with their slice of life songs that they do it could easily be a jam song so
4: yeah Mm.
0: um all right on to number 16 all around the world I am going to let Dan go first.
1: Um, this goes back to Adam's comment of a bunch of songs that sound sort of similar. This falls into that. Um, I like it. Um, reminds me of Clash. I was like, oh, they were influenced by The Clash. Oh, yeah. This was the one thing I did look up. Um, it's interesting that this and The Clash came out in 77, so... It was yeah. just more about the scene than one influencing the other, I guess. Yeah. But um, right. Correct. I loved that about it. Um, but it just it didn't stand out more. I liked it. I liked the overall vibe of it, but it didn't kind of stand out as a song to me.
0: Yeah, I, I would. Say, you know, it's got the good call and response. It's got great g- drums. Uh, the the guitar solo into youth explosion. Ooh. You know, it's very. It's so jam. It's it's so freaking perfect. <laughs> Um, it, it, I love the oi oi yeah. uh, right. no. um, but I had it at 16 uh, you had a 17 yeah, I had a 16 Yeah, yeah. Um, this actually tied points total with David Watts as we have our first tie of the day oh. um, Adam where do you have it wait Jim uh, I'm yeah. going to try to
1: get that to catch on in the popular culture for people to just say it's so jam
4: yeah. <laughs> I, think, nice. I think that can
1: catch on that's got potential absolutely uh,
5: absolutely does Uh, I also have it at number 16 and all around the world it's a popular title apparently because I was thinking about the Little Richard song of the same name and how I first heard that from the movie Explorers. You guys remember that 80s movie? It was like a (laughs) sort of E.T. family, just like kids, whatever. And right as I was thinking it Weller sings, but there's foundations for us to explore. Like right as I was thinking I I even looked up the video to make sure I wasn't remembering wrong because I probably only ever saw it once Uh, but I heard a great interview today actually where Noel Gallagher was saying that a friend of his in front of him was asking Paul Weller about All Around the World and Weller was just just going on and on about how great it was and Noel just could not believe how much he liked this Oasis song until he realized that he was not talking about the Oasis song he was Ah. talking about the jam song (laughs) nice nice
2: one that's rad Sam I have All Around the World at number 8 and I think it is a very, um, it's a very jam song. It's so jam, right, Dan? Um, but <laughs> it's uh, catching on. Yeah, it's already, just right like that. As you heard in the open, it was one of the first jam songs that I knew. So this is pure nostalgia, oh, yeah. and mm. it boosted it up to number eight.
0: Number fifteen, a bomb in Wardour Street. cowbell at the beginning i do um okay go ahead
5: adam cowbell Cowbell. so it drops to number 18 for you no no i like i know i love it it's totally catchy but that's like when i think of that song i immediately think of that opening in that cowbell it is so great uh another tale of how violent england was at the time and some of these songs we haven't got to it yet but you know there was a lot of shit going on there's plenty of documentaries uh, that have been made about this Luckily, time. they've
1: solved it all now. Britain's totally oh, yeah. fine now.
5: Totally oh, yeah. great, great. Oh, great. I wish, why can't our leaders quit after six weeks or whatever it is? <laughs> anyway. We yeah, should say,
1: because who knows when this will come out. That happened today.
2: Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. For 44 days, and the uh, area code for Britain is plus 44. Coincidence?
5: Coincidence? No, I think not. No. Uh, I'm all for British songs that work the word geezer into it. In this case, <laughs> he's talking about 15 geezers having his girlfriend pinned to the floor. There's like some disturbing yeah. stuff in here. And that's there's a lot of that on some of these singles. And we've talked about it with the Smiths being the ultimate of sad lyrics, happy melodies. This is disturbing lyrics, super catchy melodies and la la la's in the chorus and they sneak in so much social commentary and scary stuff in here and this is definitely one of them very, very similar it, theme 18. to the lyrics of,
0: yeah uh, very similar theme, theme to the lyrics with the uh, Eaton Rifles and Tube Station right I mean this, um, yeah anyway it's it's a freaking awesome song I have it at 13 um, starts with the cowbell gets grooving so good in 38 seconds okay. and you know Um, and you just, I'm like, Holy shit. Um, this is the best song of the album. Uh, the, the hand claps at the end, you know, a Philistine nation. (inaudible) (inaudible) Oh God. So good. (laughs) Great ending. Um, this must've made an impression on me because when, in 1985, when my parents took me to, uh, London, England, um, and you know, I'm, I'm not on my own. I'm, I'm, you know, only child with two parents, so they're in charge of the itinerary, right? We're going to go to the places they say to go, and I said I just have one request. I heard that this there's this street in London called Water Street, and so what? we actually walked at night. And I think, if my memory serves, because I was a kid, but I think that it's near Piccadilly Circus, and it's not the best part of town, like strip clubs, you know, you're passing strip clubs, and uh, the family starts huddling together even closer, like, let's keep everybody safe here, and we get to Warder Street, and we look down, and there's just a row of just warehouses, and it's dark and it's like i step on it and i'm like okay we can go now <laughs> <We're> back <laughs> to the, the bucket list yeah but but, <laughs> but i mean i was you know i was obviously when i came back to san diego I was like you know i was there you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all bombed out it's all bombed out you're like um,
2: i was the j-bomb on water street okay word. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um all right so where do you have it uh, i had it at 13 where do you have it dan
1: I have it at 15, so I'm, I'm nailing this whole ranking thing. Um, yeah, more <laughs> cowbell. I put that in. Um, look, the the drums are phenomenal on this on this album. There's no question. I want to also, though, give a shout-out to the bassist, Bruce Foxton. That was the one yes. other thing I looked up. Um, God, he's fun to listen to. There's so mm-hmm. many songs, and this is one of those songs where he's just adding these little flourishes along the way. Honestly, it, it helps raise some of these songs for me, and this is definitely one of those um, – Another one where I'm getting XTC vibes. Like I, I that that was a surprise to me. I didn't expect them to be one of the bands that I'd be um, comparing the Jam to. But um, mm-hmm. this this reminds me of kind of another another phase of XTC along the way. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, there wasn't really that one part that made it totally stand out, which is probably what kept it from going any higher. But um, good too. Yeah.
5: All right, Sam, we base you have it- on so many songs like. Oh my god! Competing like the so way forward. the way they're arranged, and we've talked we talked a little bit about the three-piece action on Violent Femmes, and mm, yeah, there's definitely some some spots here where it's lead bass, but holy shit, uh, Weller's guitar in some parts, rhythm slash leads that are just so incredible, sounds so huge. Watching live clips where it sounds just as huge, yeah. like no 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 cutting out in solos or whatever. His tone is just insane on so many of these songs where it doesn't need a second guitar, because they did have two guitars at first, and uh, wow. then they ended up switching over. Bruce was playing guitar, and Paul was playing bass, and they made that change, and holy moly, they got Thank something God really unique out of it. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. Sam, you have this at the
0: highest at number nine. Yeah, it's funny. Like A lot of these songs, uh,
2: I am ended up talking last on all these, so you guys are getting to, to say all the stuff uh, that I agree with. Uh, the, the guitar solo is great in A-bomb, uh, it starts off great, and um, Adam just mentioned, or uh, maybe it was Dan, that the the bass line, that uh, the little fill that uh, Bruce does after it's after the second time that he mentions a bomb, it's not the first one, but then he goes back to a bomb, and he goes do 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 do, it's like that little like ascending thing, yeah, so good, like I sometimes I wonder if I would like the jam as much if the bass wasn't there. I mean, Adam, you were just talking about the guitar and it's funny for me because I don't, I haven't really noticed the guitar as much. For me, it's just, it, that's kind of the steady part, but the bass stands out in so many places um, that, that that's that's where, what I think of the jam, when I think of the jam, I mean, obviously there's some great guitar wow, riffs and stuff that's like that. But amazing. Yeah, and, and A-Bomb, I did not know this song at all never heard it before this and it and it ended up at number 9
0: number 14 precious Precious, Whoa. Sam, I can't Sam. fucking
2: believe you guys have this that high. This song is terrible. It's <laughs> it's funk wah guitar and a disco hi hat beat. It's a sweet groove, but the lyrics are as repetitive as the music, and it's just bleh.
1: Where did oh you have it though?
4: I had it at number ne- 21. Oh, dead fucking last because it's terrible.
2: Okay. It's not okay. good. And the song that I had replacing this one yeah. um, would be. Um, away from the numbers because it's so very who like it's it's definitely like I I was surprised it wasn't a who cover, um and I love the lyrical mm. content of Away from the Numbers. It's just that thing like I'm gonna go do my own thing, like I was shitting on this stuff, but I realize you just got to go be your own person. I love Away from the
5: Numbers, so that's that's what I would have on here instead of Precious.
0: And you hate it. Precious, okay, Adam?
5: Adam, why didn't you rebut? Where'd you have it? Well, you're definitely not going from. Least to most, because
1: no, he's he's going all over the place.
5: My, it's my number three, and it definitely flirted with being number one, and I wasn't thinking it was going to go this high. Holy moly, it is so Shaft in the greatest way. It's like Shaft chips theme, Wawa workout, and if I'm not mistaken. There was another song, which is a kind of a wah-wah guitar workout that Sam didn't like by the name of The Queen is Dead that he had last. So I'm not surprised at all with British bands of this era getting a little funky. Maybe it's not liking. they're nothing
2: like each other. They're both not great songs, but they're nothing like each other.
5: I don't know. But, okay. uh, but I love it. It, it. it definitely is as far from those early punk songs as you can get. And somehow they grew into something that for me totally worked. Uh, definitely more in, in style council. Style council had a song called "Internationalist" that was sort of like in the same funky vibe, but I think this does it even better. And I don't remember loving it this much. So every time it came on, I was just like, oh, I, can, yeah. I just like super into it." So,
0: oh my God, That's Adam, funny. I cannot believe you have it third. Yep. I have it nineteenth. Sam, um, it's just not what I want the jam to do right i do want the stone roses to do that and they do it so well (laughs) i mean you get a little fool's gold from like a minute five to a minute 25 and then it goes away and then they bring it back and you guys know that this is the single edit on on the on snap right Right. so there is a longer version sam i can't wait to play it for you (laughs) um the horns get to come up and play and it's got a great bridge and i think i wrote great bridge on every single track Uh, yeah um but anyway uh You know, the, huh, I mean, that's just great, but it's just 19. Dan?
1: Fuck yeah, Adam, you complete me, absolutely. I have Precious, it ended up at number 11, but honestly, it spent a lot of time in my top five. Yes. This song is so much fun, Sam, I'm so disappointed in you, because you often defend me around the fact that bands can have fun, and what's more fun than suddenly crashing Studio 54 out of the blue? Oh my gosh, this song just swings, and um, I thought it was such a bold choice. Like, I, one of, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you right now, my favorite thing about listening to this Greatest Hits was those last five songs, to your point, you, you made this point already, Adam, but like, oh my God, even the last six, really, starting with Funeral Pile, Pyre, they could <laughs> not be more different than the beginning stuff yeah. in a way that I think really works. Like I'm really impressed how much they explored. And I love when bands do that. Um, and I just, I was so impressed. This was the same band and fucking, if I'm having a house party, I'm putting this on, like right. this is going to be the, who is this? And uh, then the shocked expressions when the answer is the jam. Um, loved it. Uh, I've yeah. made a terrible mistake. she so should be higher. Yeah, that's great. I guess
5: a lot of bands were going through that. Like, they started out in '77 all raw, and around 1980, The Clash would be the obvious example. They got into rap and funk and stuff like that, and it it ended up seeping into what they did. And
1: well, the other one that uh, I inevitably was going to mention a little bit later, but I'll just bring up right now is um, also started in '77 Elvis Costello. I mean, Uh first album is Angry, 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 Angry. And then suddenly he's doing horns and, you know, yeah. uh, uh, but is he doing a horn, beats and...
5: a horn that's as good as because, as far as I'm concerned, that part is
1: it's amazing. But, you know, if you listen to, um, like stuff off Trust, like, yeah, he's got some stuff with some big band huh? and mambo beats and, yeah, only
0: only
5: flamenco sound. Yeah, for sure. Oh,
0: my God. It's such a great song. It's just there are better songs of the album like the next one which is and ranked number 13 for us is that where we are um Uh. (laughs) oh Smithers Jones Smithers Jones
8: I don't know
0: oh god i love this song so much of course this do. song is so good it's oh. so uh, i have it at number six um it yep. spent time in the top five um you guys know that this the album version is uh, just strings right so you got to yeah. hear just just the string version it's great um uh, it's so "Step into My Office, Baby" by uh, yeah. by uh, Bell ah, and Sebastian. Sebastian. It's "A Day in the Life" by uh, the Beatles. It's uh, "Madness's Cardiac Arrest," I have where that. it's just like, I have that one. oh man! And I it's knew Bruce you would, Fox, Sam. <laughs> Bruce Foxton at his best. Um, I love the "do do 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 in the background verse, um, uh, in the background during the verses. Um, the one of the best moments on the entire album is. Uh, have a seat, take some weight off your feet. I just love, I love the drum hits. I love that, yeah. um, and I love how the the music falls with the mood of Sorry, Smithers Jones, and it just fades out. And it's just the you know the bad news that he gets. Um, this is this is so catchy. I love a story in a song. Um, I love the ending, how it, there's a coda to it, you know, put on some records
4: and make some tea. There,
0: there, it, it's amazing how many great little hooks and parts that you just shove into one song all over this album, um, and this is no no exception, so that's number six for me. Um, Dan, you didn't like it that much, where'd you have it?
1: I didn't like it. I had it at number 18. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's got good melody, there's good little bits. It's kind of the other side of the coin for News of the World for me, where a lot of individual pieces, but I got to be honest, I couldn't pick the song out of a lineup like I, you know, Adam, you mentioned this earlier with certain songs you couldn't recognize. I just could not get my head around the song and recognize it. Now, maybe huh. it's a little more subtle and maybe this is one of those ones where I need to listen to it you know another 20 times but
4: um <laughs> well dan
0: dan dan when i first heard singles 45 and under by squeeze i the one that jumped out at me now you're the talking one about you have you
1: have my attention just to be clear. The, the one that the one
0: that jumped out at me was up the junction right it was I the first time it. through and i up the junction came out because it was a story so this didn't jump out at you because of the story i, I would think that that would at least like oh I remember that Up one. The what about the office just
1: has a melody that melts my heart. Like when I hear him belting out those lyrics, it melts my heart. This somehow didn't hit those didn't have those memorable moments that stand out. Um, yeah, a guy so lost his life a... and,
0: and he has to go home and, you know, tell his wife he lost his job. But that's that's not memorable to well, you. Well, that, okay. that's
4: hitting a little close actually. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, oh, no
5: the truth so, comes out fucking fire no wonder he has so low. Uh,
1: why why is it not lower than 18 because it is a very pretty song like every time it was on i was like oh this definitely isn't like at the very bottom but i just i just couldn't get my head around it i couldn't find something that made me go like this gets me excited this gets me fired up and i'm pulling it up and that's just yeah it just All couldn't right. raise i knew i would disappoint you somewhere along the way jim i'm i'm actually quite happy it took me this long to get there yeah Um, yeah me too (laughs) me
0: too uh sam you kind of agree with dan he had it at 18 you had it at
2: 17 but but it's above my line um i had it lower at some points and the more i listened to it and the more like i got into the story of it and the the cardiac arrest lyrics yeah um which i i was like oh it's totally like cardiac arrest i'm like well no uh cardiac arrest is like this (laughs) um you know a different thing um and uh like the the Descending guitar walk and the verses is uh-huh. great. Um the outro section, like you said, is fantastic. Um and, and it's just I think I agree with Dan in that it's maybe so pretty enough that you don't get because cardiac arrest starts off with bum 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 and and it like builds and so you kind of get that urgency from the song. And this one, it's just it it doesn't pick up until the end. Um and so th- I think that's that's probably why it, it's Not a little bit higher.
5: I I love this song, and I I the ending is great because it is that sort of the music changes as oh he got fired and now he's putting on some tea. I almost like the way he says feeling groovy. I almost wanted to say he's like went home and like you know smoked a joint or something like okay I'm I'm in my stuffy suit. Mm -hmm. I have I'm I'm the nine to fiver and I'm talking all about it and all of a sudden I'm homeless and oh wait now what am I gonna do? Um, I love oh, this is also a Bruce Foxton song, by the way. This is one of the few songs that um that he did that's that's on here. Um, but uh this brings us to a new uh feature which we've never done before. This is a man on the street guest ranker that came to me out of nowhere, as you guys know. I went to see Tom Jones in Vegas, Lifelong Dream, a couple weeks ago. 82 years old, still absolutely fantastic. Uh walked out of there un. Barely able to walk, like a lot of people uh, there, actually, because there were a lot of walkers. (laughs) I got video. I don't know if you guys saw. I got video of all the walkers that were outside the theater. It was hysterical. Anyway, so we were standing in line to get merch, but it was the end of the tour, so they were literally pulling the last cool sweatshirt and poster off of the display as people were walking away disappointed because they couldn't get stuff. And out walks his drummer, uh, who I might not have recognized. He's kind of a nondescript guy, but he was barefoot, and they talked about how he was barefoot on stage. So we went over and said hi and great show and, and whatnot. And British, nice guy. He's been with Tom Jones for 20 or 30 years. So of course I have to say, well, who else have you played with? And he says, well, I played on the first couple of Style Council records. And I was like, oh, oh really? And this is, you know, I already know we're doing a jam podcast. So right. I'm like, oh, oh here we can go. Can you help me
1: with my homework?
5: <laughs> right. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he played on uh, some Paul Weller solo records. And he's been a... Drummer for some band called Pink Floyd for like 20 years, apparently, oh before God. David Gilmore all. started doing solo shows. Never heard of him. Uh, anyway, his name is Gary Crowley. Great guy. Super nice. Was nice enough to sit and talk with us. Had to ask him what his favorite jam song was. He said this one, Smithers Jones. Nice. So there you go. And you had it at number 12.
0: Yes, I did number yeah. 12. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, to our number 12 pick on the album, which is Start. So oh, wow, there's a lot of parody here. Dan, go ahead, start. Jim, it's, be- let me let me remind you, it's the one with the. Uh, the oh no! Trust te- me, this one I know. Okay. This okay.
1: One know. <laughs> uh, this is the first one above my line. Um, can you explain to me before I go why, when Sam put together the playlist for us, why would was this not off of Compact Snap?
2: it wasn't on uh for spotify. for whatever reason the version ne- on spotify neither of them uh, neither on spotify nor on title had this song like it had the whole album but this track was grayed out and so oh. um so i had no to I, I had to bring yeah. it from like the single version from the album
1: okay all right nice so i've to look I've, that up too i have it at number 16 just one above my line um I have a playlist on Spotify, speaking of Spotify playlists, that's called Genius Steals. And it's all about bands that brilliantly, utterly rob another, uh, a melody from another song, but then kind of turn it into their own. How many Oasis tracks are on it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> the
1: very first time I heard Start, I was like, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a new entry. Um, I didn't mention Taxman on the other one because this literally is Taxman. Like, they should have just saved themselves the trouble and just sampled it. Um, but I'd like to introduce a new feature that I call What Am I Singing in the Shower These Days?
4: <laughs> because almost every
1: episode, I'm just making it official. I've already said so often... There's one song that no matter what you do, and it's almost never the number one song. It's just every time I turn on that water, that's what I'm singing. And I'll be damned if I wasn't singing. What you give is what you get every single time. Yeah. It's so frigging catchy. Mm-hmm. And so while it is just such a ripoff of Taxman, the horns are phenomenal. It's so catchy. Yeah. Uh, it's above the line. It's great. It's number 16.
5: Oh my wow. god. Until you just said that, I completely forgot the Beastie Boys put, and what you give is what you get at the end of one of their remixes. Because Adrock, huge, huge jam fan, bought his first guitar, Reckenbacher, to be like Paul Weller. Yeah. And then oh actually, my god. Oh shit. And they covered, wait for it, Start on a jam tribute record. It's an instrumental jazzy version. I'm 99% sure that's what huh.
0: they covered. Oh
4: my god. Oh my. I want to hear
5: that. Yeah, it's groovy. Wow. Oh my god. Where'd you have this, uh, Adam? Woof. Well, I completely agree with Dan. It is... Uh, okay, look. The Ruddles <laughs> came out in 1978, right? So, obviously, Paul Weller is like, well, they didn't do a Taxman song, so two years later, <laughs> we have start.
1: Yeah.
5: But they did it so damn good so just like neil ennis is a genius for coming up with all those Ruddle songs this is fantastic and they all cop it's so funny i read a few interviews over the last few days of them all copying we were listening to revolver a whole bunch but we didn't really do it that deliberately what are you talking about there's yeah. so, the, guitar solo the guitar solo and, and everything. It's like, Oh, yeah. total. Yeah. The yeah. Ba-
1: exactly. It's yeah. like, Greta Van, it's like Greta Van Fleet saying like, I've never really listened to, uh, Led, to Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. It's like,
4: Oh, Oh right. really? Mm, totally. Yes. Totally.
5: But yeah, the line and the way the drums hit for sure. There is a genius, uh, mashup collection that I don't know if it was a collective or a guy named CCC did called revolved where they did all of revolver. And I just listened to it oh. back to front the other day. It is, so genius so fantastic and they did a remix called Tax Jam Pollution and it is what you think it is ah, Taxman
4: nice
5: start and new, new pollution, pollution all put together nice. so uh we have uh, this our, our new uh, a new favorite podcast the four of us have this new favorite podcast from poland um called Plightcast that we just heard about a few weeks ago out of nowhere we got an email from a polish music journalist who heard our our show liked it and started one similar to it and it's incredible and flattering and we can't understand a word of it because none of us speak polish but of course <laughs> i had to listen to a little bit of one And their very first one that it was Revolver and it was such a kick i had it on the background i'm just hearing all this polish and out of nowhere this gibberish you'd sometimes hear paul mccartney blah, 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 blah. and at one point they said oh my gosh i can't remember which song they said beck new pollution ride seagull and something else and i'm like oh they're talking about taxman and the baseline <laughs> and i was like oh this is so cool so that kind of peaked out That's awesome. um i love this song and 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 funny enough this is the one song that i loved most. When I borrowed Jim's copy of this record mm. back in college, there were a few that I listened to incessantly when yeah. he went off to college in Santa Barbara. This was one of them, Destination by the Church, and oh. Caravan of Love by House Martins. I was
0: mm. rating so his vinyl.
1: Where'd you have this, Adam? Brilliant.
5: I had this way up at number
4: five.
0: Mm. I Okay, so Adam, you know the, the event, the band, the high school band you were mentioning oh, yes. at the beginning of this. I went to Tim Soty's house, I went to the guitar player's house, um and of course i was like i'm gonna look at his uh his record player and see what's on there and it was tax man <laughs>
4: so,
0: um so uh so i before, have the-
5: before you move on I, I have to say that i talked to jim very briefly before the podcast and yeah. he said i can't wait to hear what tim sody's favorite jam song is trying to predict who i had as guest ranker. Uh-
7: and oh, I did oh not God. reach
5: I did not reach out to Tim, but of course after he said that I had to reach out to Tim. And he hasn't yeah. got back to me yet to tell me what his favorite jam song is. So, oh my God. Tim, you're not uh, listening, but you've got about forty five minutes.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> um so I had it at number twelve, uh, middle of the pack, but definitely just one of the best songs ever. It's it's not important for you to know my name or I to know yours is such a great opening line. Um and it's about a uh, what you give it. What 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 you give is what you get is very uh the Beatles the End, you know, and in the end the love you take is equal to nice. the love oh, you nice, make. Nice. Um and you have not mentioned the bridge. If I never uh, ever see you see, see you, see you see you. I yeah. mean guys, they throw away this stuff. They just throw it in. It's just, oh, yeah, let's add that. I'm so interested in freaking studio decisions where they actually, you know, did that happen with Paul and his guitar in the bedroom or did that happen in the studio and they decided to do it? I just want to be a fly on the wall. Um, I love the guitar solo. Um, Okay, so that's 12 for start. Sam, where do you have it? I have start at number
2: 16. Uh, Great tune for the drum and bass interplay and the guitar stabs, which you've all talked about. I, I even have down the Revolver guitar solo um, there's not much to it lyrically. I mean, it does have that singing-wise part, um, but the music just pushes it higher. And the sweet, quick ending, too, with the bass and drum, just like, boom, bam, 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 and it ends. Uh, uh-huh. so this And the 60s boy-girl group harmonies on the CU part. Um, see, and you How guys, about the... those
5: harmonies? Can we yeah. just give all give it up for those falsettos through this whole thing? Yeah. I know, it's yeah. amazing. Oh my God! So much great falsetto on this whole thing. Okay, so yeah. I guess I, I whole had to whole thing—the song better. or the, the no, this whole, whole record. Like yeah. I, he's so tough. His voice is so gruff, but when they go to harm uh, high harmonies and falsetto stuff, it is sweet. You can when do I feel it like all. the
2: harm, the 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 falsettos was such a piece of uh, style counsel Like when they started doing that, yeah. But sure. um, and so I feel like i I felt like in my listens, I felt like you started hearing more of those falsettos as. As the time went on, like the later songs,
5: Probably, you definitely yeah.
0: heard it more. So, track number 11 is revealed now. <sighs> it is this is, bam, bam, bam. this is the Modern World. This is the
7: Modern World.
3: This is the Modern World.
0: I'm going to go first because this is low for me. Wow. I love two singers in any band, and these two are perfect. Um, Say what you like, because I don't care. The harmony of those lines, I just love it. Um, the modern world, this is, this is. Uh, just Everything about this song is great. It's just not as good as 16 other ones above it. I have it at number 17, uh, way down there. Cool. Uh, where do you have it, Dan?
1: I've got a number nine. This is so punky. I absolutely love it. Uh this is the one song I looked up. Seventy-seven, Clash was seventy-seven, Angry Elvis was seventy seven, Sex Pistols was seventy-seven. Like this is clearly place and time and it fits right amongst that. Talk about great openings, like to Adam's point, like you just you hear the words the modern world, you gotta go, this is the modern and that riff. Yeah, that. And it's just off to the races and it's um it's just great. Like, I I did not realize the jam were this punky at the beginning, and I knew I had to. I knew at least one song had to sort of honor that and and bear the flag for it because I love punky jam, and I didn't realize I love punky jam, and so this is the one that uh, that led the way at number nine.
0: This is the one songs. Okay.
1: All right. <laughs> and the guitar. Um, you wanna talk about guitar, you're not even giving this guitar solo some props, like oh my amazing. God,
0: uh, huh. uh Sam, where'd you have it?
2: I had um Modern World at number eleven. And uh yeah, it's just it's from the from the jump. It's so catchy. It's so much fun and you've said it and I've been doing the thing. This isn't bum bum bum. It's so great. They've got so many great like drum hits to like punctuate lyrics and stuff like that my uh-huh. mi- my misheard lyric for this one was uh i don't give a damn about your review because i could swear the lyric was i don't give two fucks about your review and seriously changing it from two fucks t- down to i don't give a damn just takes the teeth out of it for me this was so weird to hear him say i don't give a damn about your review i was like. Okay, that's so soft. Wait, it's so weird. I don't weird.
1: understand what you mean. Are you saying that literally the, that was the original? Yes.
2: The yes. original the original lyric for this was I don't give two fucks about your review and hearing him say it, he says it like that. He spits it out and yeah. it's it's such a great vitriolic lyric and then this sounds so like watered down. So in, in, in for comparison. the greatest
1: hits, they put like a clean version on.
5: Yeah, super weird. A Mr. Weird. Clean version, if you will. Ah, I don't see no, what you no. Do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, I mean, they say they say fucking uh, Mr. Clean. I know. Yeah. No. Huh. Yeah. That's right. Which and it's a uh, great fuck. The guy knows how to curse. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Say, so and why would they, say, they cle- why would they clean up one song and not I the others? Yeah. Don't
5: know, but they did, okay. and right. at least on Spotify they did. And I totally went through that work. So weird. I when I when I was listening to it the other day, I was like. Still trying to tell the difference between a lot of these songs verse-wise. This one has such an obvious opening guitar hook, but those mm-hmm. verses, so many of the verses on these songs, you could interchange with other songs, and we—and you would not know the difference. This is definitely one of those. But what, I'm like, oh, this is the one that says, I don't give two fucks. And when I got to, I don't give a damn, I thought I was going to have a Sam moment of, okay, They've made choices in verse one. <laughs> right. They said, damn. But in verse two, they this said two, two fucks. Moment. And then the song ended, and I was like, maybe I'm remember." I don't think I'd remember the radness with which he spits out two fucks. It's the best not giving two fucks that have ever been not yeah. given in the history of anything. Yeah. And so I had to go look it up, and sure enough, like what, what you said, it was an edited version. Um, wow. Such a great guitar hook. And the way that we know it, Best and I'm kind of surprised I'm the last one to say it, is 91X used to do yes. little drops yes. and give out music news, and that was the hook. Yeah. And I don't remember what they said right after, but it was like, and now 91X news. And you get in your head. Whether you knew it or not, Dan, you heard it uh, hundreds I and thousands. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I totally have no memory that of that. I do not remember Love it. Got it at number seven. All yeah, right. Awesome. The Arrogance of Youth. Fucking love this song. Uh <laughs> Number 10, we're in the top oh, 10. Oh, this
0: is big, guys. Oh, have you guys. <laughs> oh, my so God, Adam, us. what have you done? <laughs> number 10 is when you're young. I was waiting what for this.
5: Done? I oh was waiting God. for this. You have
0: it at number 20? Explain yourself. Whoa!
5: Made a horrible mistake. I love. I I like this song, fine, but to me, it's like all these other songs that we're talking about that are energetic and have energy. I don't know. (laughs) It whoa, like my my notes say whoa, because that's that's the only line that really stuck out for me. But the one thing that I did write down that I love is the halftime tempo change, which bands like The Police and Op Ivy and all these bands did. So when they kind of break it down and the drums go in halftime, I thought that was kind of a cool change. Um, That's all I got. God. Okay, can you do better than that, Dan?
1: Yeah, a bit. Um, But I I hear Adam. I, I put it at number 13. So here's where I totally agree with you, Adam. It's like it's that total positive, like, big energy Um, They do that really well. I keep wanting to use the word romantic with them. I honestly, um, I didn't have the time to get into the lyrics because I spent so much fucking time just understanding the song overall that like pulling up lyrics was the last thing I was going to do. So interestingly, he doesn't often sing that clearly. I don't really know what a lot of these songs are about, which is kind of interesting. But a lot of these songs, they 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 feel romantic. They sound romantic. Mm-hmm. And so I still have it at 13 because as much as it doesn't totally stand out from some of them, I just love the way this song feels. And the, mm-hmm. whoa, I love the, just that, um, whatever you call it, kind of that that backing fill. And yeah. uh, I really love this song. It's just, um, I'm just going to stop there. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> 13.
0: You're right to love it. Uh, Sam, where do you got
2: it? I have When You're Young at number three. Yes, whoa, Sam. Whoa. yes, Sam. Okay, this was yes, one, Sam. This was one I I hadn't heard a lot, but I was familiar with it. Um, and the more I listened to it, there was just a few songs, or uh, two songs, really, that just kind of kept, they were high to, to begin with on my list, and then they just moved up to the top. And I'm like, yeah, these, these, these are the standouts. And When You're Young is one of them. So many great sections. Yeah, uh, and the breakdowns in the verses, the the whip crack, hand claps or whatever that is with the yeah, the bass drop before the break. You can hear them like, you know, like go down uh, the staccato <clears> guitar. Yeah, exactly, the staccato guitar switching ears in the breakdown around two minutes, uh, and for a song that sounds pretty simple, actually the lyrics don't repeat much. I and mean, he says when you're young refrain often, um, and he says the bass drum, uh, any guitar and any bass drum a couple times. Um, unbelievable there. Yeah, and 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 um but it's at the end of the song when he repeats those. So like a lot of it it's just he just keeps going through what he's what he's talking about about being young and all that sort of stuff. It's a it's a cracking song. It's just so much energy. I think it does it pulls out all the stops for all like all the cool tricks that they have. Um and yes. and, and the one misheard lyric on this it says it's it's so hard to understand why the world is your oyster but your future's a clam. Oh oh uh, wait, uh, no, I'm actually getting word that that's actually the real lyric. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes! <laughs> love this song, you're so right, Sam. Um, you're fearless and brave, you can't be stopped when you're young, and then the... Oh my god, every little thing that they do in this song yeah. is amazing. Uh, you used to fall in love with everyone, any guitar and any bass drum. The shucka-shucka muted string guitars behind the verses, um... They let you think you're king, but you're really a pawn. Everything, every lyric is great, and Dan, I think you said I don't. You know, they didn't really stand out to me. The the, what should stand out to you is life is a drink, and you get drunk when you're young. Yes, Yes. and then the whole (laughs) song is is about finding out that life isn't like that. You know, that's what an unbelievable theme unbelievable music this song is number four on my list nice. when wow. you're young wow. and it deserves That's to be great. that high I love it. Yeah. so good uh number nine we are in the top ten number nine is the bitterest pill
5: This is a good song, mm-hmm. Adam. Why do you talk about it? I thought this might be my number one. This is one of my no. my first songs that I remember hearing of them for sure, because the MTV used to play this and the video for a town called Malice as well. Um, I guess he wrote it as sort of a send-up to all the new romantic Torch songs that were coming out by bands like ABC, so he's like, I'll show you, I can write one of those easy, and it turned out to be fantastic. That's funny, I totally (laughs)
1: thought of ABC on this song. I was like, this reminds me of ABC.
5: I mean, it sounds like an old 60s Torch song, Northern Soul, whatever you want to call it, but with that 80s kind of production on it. Uh, One of the singers from The Bell Stars sings on it, if you remember them. Uh, they had a hit with Iko Iko, and, and it, oh really? Yeah. That's her? Yeah, she's she's great. Oh on my this gosh, strike. so great! And uh, yeah, I, for some reason, I was like wondering about the the actual phrase or the use of the phrase "bitterest pill." Because I, when I was a kid, I thought it was like he was saying that it was cyanide. Like this is the, the bitterest pill is to take, and it was this sort of like. But I, I think I have it completely wrong. I never, I never. After a while, I'm like, no, I don't think that's what it is, but. Uh, I, I guess he's it's just got to live. He's got to live with her, not loving her. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's, a, he's oh, at a God, wedding, so seeing an ex get married, and that's that's, oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a hard lyrics. pill to take. But I, I maybe I was reading too much into it. Anyway, so, I have it at number 10.
1: Oh, so you thought about it at number one, but it ended up at number 10.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It fell. Yeah. Um, Sam, where do you have it? I have it
2: at number 14. Uh, interestingly, yeah. it's one of the softest openings for a song yet, like on the on the record. It, it's, yep. it does not come out you know come out the gates hitting um and it's got that falsetto like i was talking about that would come to really define the style council at least for me in my in my memory um the the lyric and delivery of the love i gave hangs in a sad colored mocking shadows is like what a great line and then to read that he was just like kind of taking the piss a little bit like it's like man okay like do your (laughs) thing buddy you can do it um so yeah, yeah well 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 done
0: well done um i have it in number seven be I mean, top 10 for me for sure uh i'm drawn in from the beginning licks like you said sam um and then <laughs> that mm-hmm he gives is just so so blood and then you're like can you believe this is the same guy they wrote in the city you That's know right. i mean it's totally. just amazing yeah. um the best moment on the song maybe the whole album i'll keep saying that uh I wish this grave would open up and swallow me alive. Mm. I love that. <laughs> he writes the best songs. Paul Weller is like <laughs> you like, this is guy? like Paul, Mac- Paul McCartney, Elvis Costello, Andy Parch. I, I mean, Paul Weller writes amazing songs. Um, I love the little guitar licks over the verses. You you need to go back and listen to this again and just focus on the guitar. I absolutely love the bass and the drums. You guys talked about it. But this is a guitar band. This is Paul and his guitar. And this song, it, it, it's
5: so great when he does those little, little licks over the verses. Um, it's funny that you vocals. say, I'm um, sorry, it's funny that you say McCartney because you would think that Lennon would be his guy. He's totally a McCartney no. guy. He's a McCartney And guy. there's, there's a great picture of that. him in, in the eighties with, with him and Paul that was in like Star Hits. That is oh, fantastic. So and they've and they've done stuff. They've recorded it together. But uh I I, I entered a BMG in the in the nineties with a guy, I can't remember where Charlie was from, with a guy named Charlie Collins. He Might have even been a San Diego kid, I can't remember. But somehow he ended up hanging out with Weller and a bunch of people after a big LA show, and they were hanging around in Paul's at a piano and he was singing Maybe I'm Amazed and talking about how Paul is this guy, and I was like, "That would yeah. have been something to see."
1: Oh my god, that's
0: wow.
5: great, Dan. Where do you have bitterest pill? Uh,
1: I had so bitterest pill spent some time at number one for me. Also,
0: wow,
5: excellent. It
1: landed at number three. Um, excellent. this wow. song is gorgeous, you guys, and I gorgeous. know, I know, I got this one Ding. right. Um, but it is, it's fucking gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, overall on this album. Bass and drums are the two things that leapt out at me, song after song. But this song is Paul Weller singing, and I was just floored. Like, honestly, it's a little bit buried, and that's why I think, Jim, I didn't really pull out a lot of lyrics. It's it's just in the mix with everything else, and I don't have a problem with that, but it doesn't kind of stand out. This song, I feel like, is built around him and uh jenny matthias i looked her up too because i was like oh my god like that harmonizing it's just it's just brilliant it totally (laughs) stands out on this album and i was it's just it's such a standout track i i fell deeply in love with this song
2: and it's funny too because like bruce and uh what's a rick is rick the drummer's name yes like the they, they don't rise in this song like I don't when I think of this song I don't think of them at all. No, it's Whereas the strings so if anything. Many, it's yeah, him and yeah, the, strings. the strings. Yeah, him and the strings. But uh, yeah, this like so much of the rest of it is is those is like the bass and drums and you're just like yeah, totally, and then this totally. one it's like I love the song. Wait a minute, something's missing. Me. Again, That's... this
1: is the kind of song that really actually deepened my respect for the jam because I thought of them yeah. as that one thing that we've been talking about kind of the energetic base and to hear how well they can pull this off just floored me you know I think that's what I I liked nice. it about funeral pile and pyre in a different way <laughs> i cannot pronounce that song but <laughs> um but this yeah this song floored me
5: it's interesting because I I've in digging in uh, to lots of stuff about the band the relationship between the three of them keeps coming up over and over and these this great rhythm section that he decided he didn't really need and wanted to go somewhere completely different and it for a song like this they play what's necessary they don't have to rise above it would be it would be uncharacteristic for the song yeah. to get like overly but but I kept thinking and I'm watching these like later versions uh or later videos of them where they've got more people on stage. And it still sounds fantastic. He's still a great drummer and a bassist. If you're going to keep in music, why not have somebody that great on bass and drums? There must have been other, you know, stuff going on. Um, the police? And, anyone? Yeah. Right. Uh, and so it, it's so interesting that a guy like Bruce Foxen or Colin Molding, like he's part of this great band. What do you do? Like, do you not tour without this singer? So in his case, no. he finds a guy who looks and sounds exactly like Weller and has a band. Uh, and plays jam songs, which has got to be strange, but he has every right to be playing them. Funny enough, yeah. uh, I don't know if you saw this, Sam, at one point, well, Rick Butler from the jam also played with with him for a little bit mm-hmm. for just a couple mm-hmm. years, so, uh, and then left, but you know who he got it was Mark Brzezinski from Big Country yes, to be in there at one point, which I so thought was kind of cool. Oh, well. Yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah. All right, we are at number eight, and it is Absolute Beginners. <laughs> This is actually a tie with Bitterest Pill. So these are tied for number eight. Um, Go ahead, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. Cue myself. Uh, Why can't I find a cool club that has a DJ that'll play this on the dance floor, guys? Um, I mean, this is what I want to be dancing to. Uh, You know, I hear you about Precious, um, uh, but this is my, like, let's get out onto the dance floor. I was I was uh, doing some studying for this podcast last night, and my wife was out of the house seeing a. Bruno Mars cover band
4: Fun. down the street, <laughs> and it, they're playing
0: at like one of those shopping mall parks, you know. Nice, and uh, and so I could hear it coming through the window. That's how close it was. Oh wow! Um, and I was like, oh my god, dude, just kid- I I know Bruno Mars is very talented. I just want to be at a club that's playing this on uh, the dance right. floor. Right, <laughs> I, I I love the ending of this song. Um, sounds like the French horn in Penny Lane. Yes. Um, yes. The exact <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. I love the double vocals that Bruce and Paul bring to this one because they both sing. Uh, I mean, just that that kind of higher register, you know, it's straining a little bit, and the voice is so good. Um, come see the tyrants panic, seeing their crumbling empires fall. Then tell them we don't fight for fools, cause love is in our hearts. Um, anyway, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, guys. Um, all right, I had that at number eleven, just outside the top ten. Sam, where'd you have it?
2: I have it at number thirteen. Uh, I there were horns and other songs, but this one really saturates the opening of the song, and to me, it feels like the beginning of the end of the jam. Uh, there's just something about it that it it's, it's such a stylistic change that it's like, okay, uh, I can see it start to disintegrate. And um, but it, but like you now, said, it's a fantastic song.
0: How about how about? more disintegrate is too heavy when I mean? they were
2: done they were fucking done
0: yeah but there I mean here comes the butterfly of style council you know you right. know what I mean right. yeah. yeah. anyway keep going but,
2: um, but yeah no I mean it, it is It is a super fun song I would love to hear this on a dance floor
6: I, uh,
0: I want to hear from
2: Adam
5: next I got it at number eight and I kept mixing it up uh, in my head with uh, Precious before Totally. I, before I got to really digging into this album, for years, I, I, I'm I huh. like, oh, this is the Happy Horns one. That's how I could tell. Ton- That's like, Precious is like the intense, like, sexy jam. This is like the happy dance floor uh, filler in 1982 or whatever it is. Um, interesting about the title, it comes from a 1959 novel written about London, and it was made into a movie in the mid-'80s by Julian Temple. And... David Bowie did a title track for it, same name, Right. but in one point the lead character is lip-syncing a Style Council song, so they worked it back in there. Oh, but really? Yeah. Nice. Um, what do you have, Dan? Yeah,
1: I immediately ran to the Bowie version to make sure it wasn't, I was pretty sure it wasn't the same, but I didn't know it that well, right. um, and it's not, but th- th- that that led me to go down this rabbit hole also to figure this out. Um, guys, I have this at number two. Um, I, I think I've overstepped my boundaries a little bit. Honestly, I'm already kind of dialing it back a little bit. My top eight moved a lot and like all within those eight, but, um, this is so much fun. Again, I was blown away that this was the same band. I think that's really why it did as well as it did. Um, I'm a sucker for the horns. I'm a sucker for a song with a bit of swing. It's got both of those things. Yeah. Penny Lane solo at the end for sure um it was fun uh, Is precious more fun or not I don't know like uh but but Ad- absolutely Adam like those are the two songs that I was like whoa these guys knew how to get their groove one thing I think is interesting is I feel like a lot of bands get like mature as they get older <laughs> Tears for Fears you know they get like I'm more f- and more as well to be fair, they started talking about. Right. Uh, are screen, we going to but... talk about
5: that lyric or what? When when are we working that in there?
1: Yeah, uh, I know. Well, we already talked about another episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, but there's Anyways. people
5: coming in here for the first time. We need to discuss the the elephant in the room. Okay, like... we'll get
1: we'll get back to Tears Fears in a second. But what I was going to say is, so many bands get like mature as they get older, whereas like they're energetic and fun in the beginning. The Jam started punky energetic and ended like fun energetic and like soul
2: energetic yeah. soul yeah.
1: energetic that just blew me away like that felt like an unusual trajectory and mm-hmm. i fully embrace it like i love where they landed i don't know style cancel that well either so i can't really speak to kind of where that goes but um the song was just a lot of fun i do think i have it a little bit high right now but anyways two is where i officially input into the rankings
0: nice <laughs> God. you gotta stand by your rankings Well, you know, it's like uh,
1: it's a work in progress, Jim. I've got a whole (laughs) lifetime to work this out.
0: Okay, and with number seven, we are going to reveal. Beat surrender. I can't believe this is this high. Are you kidding me, guys? <laughs> I have this at number 20. At number 20. I always associate And it, it made it to twi- number
1: seven? That's incredible. Yes,
0: because people are idiots on this call. <laughs> oh, uh, right? Like
4: it, Exactly. It is, who, who chose it, Precious it that is, high? Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it's always let me down because it comes after the Bitterest Pill, and I always wish that that was their final song in the albums which means it would be their final single because i think it's it is released in order dan um i think um that that their track is in assumed, order of, yeah, of yeah. release um but uh I, I just it doesn't do it for me I, I love this song but it's not it's not going to ever beat uh 20 other 19 other songs in this album um samey samey a little bit right it it doesn't have those interesting parts that make me go lean in and say i want to hear more i want to you know i'm interested how genius is that um and it's not a groove that that draws me in anyway number 20 uh sam where do you have it i have beat surrender at number 10
2: uh paul sings about phonies and fakers (laughs) like what is he singing about like nothing. <laughs> like this. This <laughs> is like one of his. L- I I feel like it's one of his weakest uh, lyrical statements. Um, and reading the lyrics, because I, I I went hard as like as opposed to Dan, I went hard on the lyrics. Into like I was ingenious. I was correcting some of the lyrics because because they because I people had it in there wrong and I had to fix it because the jam is you need to have the right lyrics in there because some of them are so good. This one was not one of it. Um, the music is propulsive, extremely catchy. The horn is the best part. That da 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 da, da uh-huh. you know, like, so good. Um, come on, boy, come on, girl, succumb to the beat, surrender. It's a great line, but it just kind of—that's all that there is to it—is that hook. And somebody mentioned the uh, the fade outs before. I think it was you, Adam. And this song fades out and uh, there's so many (laughs) strong endings. Like the jam can fucking end a song. Like I've heard Jim rail about, you know, bands can't end songs and they end up fading it out. And I've kind of started paying attention to song endings since we started talking about this on the podcast. And man, so many great endings, like they nail it. And this one, it's just like, come on boy, come on girl. It's like, come on guys. Like. Give us something, and and it's the last single of their career, and they just fade out, and it's like, oh come on, you're you're so much better than that. Uh, the lyric on this one is uh, him pronouncing the B in succumb. Did anybody so else hear that? Because
1: oh, I it's, think it's he succumba. does. It's succumba. Definitely succumba to the beat. To the beat surrender. surrender. <laughs> I'm like, is that a UK thing? Which like, is I better? Don't,
0: I don't just know. Silly fun. Yeah. It's silly just
2: fun. like just in in the meter there. Okay. All right.
5: Adam. Counterpoint. I love this song. <laughs> Where do you have it? I have it at number two. It for me, this is like groove is in the heart level number of hooks crammed into one song. I cannot believe you said that there was nothing in there to grab it. If you love, um, what was the Happy Horns one? I already forget the name of the absolute, absolute beginner. That much, I can't. I can't believe that you don't love this horn crazy workout from the opening harmony to the breakdown to one thing after another. It is, you know, it's it's the it's their swan song. It was their last big hit. Um and it's sort of like their their anthem. It's just saying like here's here's the new direction, basically. Like we're gonna have fun, we're gonna dance, there's gonna be horns. Um but uh it, like we I guess we kind of talked about it earlier. There are so many people out there that could review this album better than us. That's why I was a little worried about about this, because there's so many mods and mods are stuck up as fuck. And there are some good ones. And uh, one of them is one of my, my best friends in the world. And if I didn't ask him what his favorite song on this album was, I never would have heard the end of it. Uh, and that's my friend Rich in London. And we can't remember where we, we met. It was either on a jellyfish list or the fact that he was guitar teching for Jason Faulkner, um, but he is the ultimate Weller fan. He's got posters on the wall. We joked when we were staying with him in London a couple months ago that we were looking for stuff in his drawers. It was just more and more Weller shit everywhere that we looked. Um, <laughs> So uh, he was nice enough to to send us a little something about uh, his favorite, and here it is right now.
7: Well, hello, everyone. On the We Will Rank You podcast, I'm coming to you all the way from London, England. Thank you so much for asking me to be involved. It doesn't take a lot to get me to talk about the jam. But um, anyway, what can I say? I was a bit too young being 11 when they split up to really appreciate just how good the jam were. I remember the bigger kids at school being dead upset when the news broke about the split. I shouldn't have worried too much, in my opinion, because um, the first two years of the Style Council was just as good as anything the Jam put out. The period from 80 to 84 was Weller's probably his golden period. Uh, no one else matches that in four years. Weller's always liked soul music, but it was always punked up versions of old Stacks and Motown songs. It wasn't until Town Called Malice where he really did what I call sort of proper soul um, and continued to do that. But uh, that's not the song I'm choosing, No, I'm going to go for Beat Surrender. It just has absolutely everything I love about the jam in that song. The vocals are ace. Foxen does a brilliant job on the bass. I've always loved brass on a Weller record. Lyrically, it's great. And speaking about the lyrics, when Weller had to perform it on top of the pops, he had to change some of the words from the naughty ones to these ones. Bullfrogs are bullfrogs indeed. (laughs) The whole single package was great. It came as a 7-inch double pack and a 12-inch. The other songs were... Move on up, war, and stand out of my mind, which shows the direction he was going, and also one of his own shopping, which is just magnificent. I spent about 20 years trying to work out the chords to that one until YouTube came around. It's the perfect send-off to a brilliant band, and since the split, the jam have influenced everything, the way I get my hair cut, the way I dress, the guitars I play, the music I listen to, and all the mates that I have made along the way. Thank you, Paul, Bruce, and Rick.
5: Oh, Reg...
2: Dude, that Killed I held it. Yeah, that that was one of my favorite guests of ever. Like that was brilliant. I, I mean, and I mean, and a English accent, like I can listen to it all the fucking day. <laughs> fucking
5: brilliant. Yeah, I mean, every alternative station in California had their mid-morning British guy to lend it some credibility. Steve West, right. Richard Blade, right. and what was the Bay Area guy? Oh um, shit! Live 105. five, Steve Masters. But we yeah. brought in Richie to have uh, some Brit cred. So thanks for that. Nice. It's your number two and his number one, yep. Dan. Where do you have it?
1: Look, guys, uh, great <laughs> jam fans think alike. I've got it at number one,
4: yes, yeah! yeah! great
5: one, Dan. Love uh,
1: it. And I did not know, Ooh. I did not know this song by the way. Um, awesome. I was like, fucking Step aside, it spent a ton of time at number two and eventually it kicked out number two and became number one. Wow. Um, guys. Loosen up a little bit. This is not about the logical analysis of this and that. This song is so much fun. I want to run through a crowd and hug and high five everybody at just top speed (laughs) and just down shots and like, let's go, let's go, let's go. This song gets me so fired up. Um, I had to figure out what came out first, this or Modern Love because holy shit, is this uh, not Modern Love in a Blender? mm. But turns out, this was 82, Modern Love's 83, this wins. Paul Weller sounds Bowie-esque as he is, like, crooning those lyrics. Like, Um, they're just, they're on blast, and... Talk about like lots of cool parts. You're so right. And look, they're they're gimmicks. I get it. They're tricks, but I'll fall for them every time. When it breaks down to just the piano bass notes, don't don't don't, and then it comes back double time with the drums, do 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 do, do. Oh yep. my God, to bring it home, like look, it might fade out at the end, but like this song, this song drives to a close like you wouldn't believe, and. I didn't care how everything else moved. I could not unseat this song because it just was it just was so much fucking fun. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I just um yeah, the the level of energy these guys can summon um is is unreal and this song to me kind of uh uh epitomizes that.
0: It's our first number one of any of oh, the rankers. Oh, that's, that's it. right. Beautiful. That's and that's at, at number seven. So I dragged your ass you down. You sure did. Damn, <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I, have no <laughs> I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. All right, do revealing you number never six. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Going underground is number six.
3: Happening here today. A show of Adam,
5: tell us about it. I have it at number 13. I like it so much. It's above my line. It's a great song, uh, despite the fact that, yeah, it could be. It's another one of those songs where those verses could be with other songs. It's got that tempo. It's got that driving thing. Um, it uses this kind of ascending riff going into the after the breakdown. He does that in a few songs where it's. Like right into the big crescendo uh, of the end. Um, the the lyrics are great. I mean, it's 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 one of his better uh, I, I better I mean, it's the only like think of words. It's it really works on two levels. He's talking about the prolifer- proliferation of nuclear war uh, and politicians, and he gets into some serious you know political stuff uh, on a lot of these songs. We haven't really talked about it much yet, but so if there's nuclear bombs coming up, uh, you're gonna have to go underground into a bunker. Um, we're just talking about the movie Night of the Comet last night, so maybe, I don't know if that was an, an influence, uh, but uh, Ben Folds 5 uh, kind of had some similar territory in a song about underground where they were talking um, about it uh, as, a, as a literal underground, but he's also talking about just not being in the mainstream, um, but yeah, that the political stuff is great, and it's, it's interesting, and I, I didn't know where I was going to work it in here, but he uh, treaded this really interesting line of being really proud of his country uh and at a time when people who were doing that were very right-wing uh and you got the rise of the national front and flying the flag kind of like america now you know Jim's into is an american history and i love him and i sang god bless america at a baseball game yesterday but there's it's, it's a really weird line and things that were happening with racism He talks about it a lot in these songs, um, but they were kind of seen as possibly being right-wing at the same time, uh, at a time where you got these skinheads who love reggae being racists. It was was a crazy uh, thing, but they did it really well and and got got a lot of people politically aware, and it's songs like this that helped do it. um I love the
0: uh hard tees right out of the gate, you know. Some people might say my life is in a rut. <laughs> you know, I'm happy with what I've got. Um let the boys all shout for tomorrow. La 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 la. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, I I just I, <laughs> every, I fall for that great, every great time. time. Yeah. Great, great bridge. Have I said that before? Um best guitar riff. Um, um let this boy shout. Let this boy scream. I love that line. Um and then the brass bands play and the feet go pound, pound, pound. Mm-hmm. And it's just they, this band just knows when to drop a beat, you know what I mean, with a lyric. It's just so good. Yeah. And then the ending is so great. For tomorrow. Doom doom doom. Which <laughs> makes me think of the blur song for tomorrow.
4: Um nice. I had it
0: number nine over to Dan. Where'd you have it?
1: Yeah, I had it at number six. Um, speaking of blur, like this is this is just a sing along. I could I could hear be I could hear blur being influenced on this. I could hear bands like the Future Heads, just like we talked mm, about sharp yeah. guitars uh, sharp guitars earlier when we were talking about kind of like the punky stuff at the very beginning. This is sharp guitars in a in a slightly different, like a little bit further along. So it wasn't quite as punky, but um it just has that really uh kind of I, I can't think of another word than sharp, un- unfortunately. But just like that, really, sort of to the beat, like dun 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 dun, 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 dun you know, to that, yeah. so just very like uh, cut and dry. But um, I really dug it. Like this had to be a sing along uh, at a live show, and uh, yeah, the public gets First. what the public wants. I mean, talk about uh, yeah. talk about lyrics that really do flow to the top. Like that clearly got yeah. uh, stuck in my head. Um, yeah, that's a good. One. Super fun. Yeah, number six.
0: Once What the Public Gets Later on in, the, in this. Uh, this is their first number one hit, uh, Dan. Oh,
1: interesting. Yep. In the UK, I assume, not in the US. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: correct. Actually, they were in the, the documentary, um, gotta forget, About the Young Ideas, the name of the documentary It's a great one. Nice. Um, but they talk about they're in america and they cancel the last four shows because they have to fly home because they just hit number one and they're going on top of the that's pops awesome. can you imagine being in boston massachusetts sitting so excited to see the jam and they cancel and maybe that's
1: maybe maybe that's the show that a young edge saw <laughs> no too late probably um what uh okay. sorry really quick is that documentary just about the jam or is it about something broader yeah
0: yeah oh. it's it's yeah. it's, it's it, nice yeah
2: um one, that's one of their lyrics. S- the the name of the movie is one of their about remarks.
0: the young idea. Yeah, uh, number four, Sam, you have it highest. Whoa,
1: yeah. nice! I can see that.
2: So, uh, very good. I I like that, Dan. Um, I said at the top there were two songs that were that ninety one X played. It was uh, all around the world and going underground. So that was like this. This is one of those jam songs to me that is very central to their identity with me and who i think of when i think of the jam and it is that like you said dan kind of that punky energy great open captures your attention straight away uh, interestingly enough like a lot of paul weller's lyrics don't rhyme and this one does have a pretty it has a pretty good rhyme structure uh and it rhymes pretty well good meter not forced rhymes or at least they make sense you <laughs> know because you know, um, we've we've listened to some some where they really kind of twist the the language and the the structure (laughs) yes (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you um and you guys said i always like to switch from the public gets what the public wants to the public wants what the public gets um so you know it's like you 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 get what you want, but then at the at, you know they switch it around to you want what you get. So you're gonna take what we give you, type of thing. Uh, and the expansive bridge with the pounding br- bass, like, come on, it's great stuff. What what a writer, what a what a lyric writer, what a musician, music writer. It's so good. Cheers. We
0: are now in the top five and revealing number five. It is Strange Town.
5: You go first, Adam. I've got it at number 11. Lowest of all of them. Yeah, and I love this song. God, I mean, like, this is uh, looking at, at where stuff got ranked. Um, it's, it's maybe some of my strongest top 10 ever. Maybe, I mean, just from sheer volume alone, but holy moly, there's songs I love that aren't even in the top, you know, 10. So, this is a great one. It's got kind of. Um, Madness, supergrass vibes. There's some mm-hmm. riffs that are very similar to the Clash's Tommy Gun. I kept meaning to to look that up. There's a breakdown um, that is very much uh, the uh, the one that the Mary Chain mined for the breakdown of um, Head On. Down, mm-hmm. down, and then Blink 182 ripped that off in all the <laughs> or whatever that right. stupid song uh, yeah, is. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, there's someone else who loved this song, and holy moly, guys, three guests in, our, in the one that we're supposed to keep it tight. Um, I couldn't not ask uh, this next guest what their uh, favorite jam song was. Uh, I was walking down the street in Berkeley when I was living there, and down the street comes this monkeys-looking guy, and I think, who the hell is this? And I get closer, and it's Mike Terrio, our friend from the aforementioned mod band, uh, The Event, who's now living in Berkeley. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Oh, I live here now. I have a new band called The Loved Ones. And that night, I believe Sam and I both went to see them at Slim's. The Loved Ones was sort of an early 60s styled uh, R&B, blues, dance band that were completely fantastic confronted by a guy named Bart Davenport. Um, who, funny enough, got a little tired of doing the straightforward blues thing and decided to have more of a style council influence band called The (laughs) Kinetics. Uh, And he's gone on to be in uh, incredible bands and solo projects for uh, over 20 years. And he was in a band that was doing covers recently at a restaurant in San Diego that Sam's old roommate, Jeff, owns called Panama 66 in beautiful Balboa Park in San Diego. And my girlfriend at the time said, He kind of reminds me a little bit of Paul Weller. And with that, the very next song was either My Ever-Changing Moods or Shout to the Top by the Style Council. I can't remember which one. Uh, But Bart is an incredible musician and a huge jam fan, so I asked him what he thought, and he said so much good stuff that, uh, like Adam Lambert's dad, I'm putting the whole interview up on YouTube because there's no way we have time to listen to all 10 minutes of him talking awesomely about the jam, but here's a little bit of what he said.
8: Well, hello there. This is Bart Davenport reporting to you from Madrid, where I'm currently on a break from a tour of Espana. Thanks for inviting me on the pod. I was 14. I saw a double feature of Quadrophenia and the Kids Are All Right at the UC Theater in Berkeley when I was, I think, 13 or 14. So I decided by 14 years old that I would be a mod. So I started to, you know, wear things like a parka and desert boots and things like that. And um, I didn't know there had been a mod revival at first. I thought I was the only mod revivalist. (laughs) And then I started to see some books and things where they would reference the 79 revival and also uh, this group, The Jam. So I went to Tower Records and I found the Snap collection and was uh, very uh, pleasantly surprised to find out there had been this whole mod thing going on in the late 70s and early 80s in UK. The music was perfect for me because it had that uh, element of kind of punk and new wave tonality, even though uh, it was heavily influenced by The Who and things like that. And it was a nice kind of bridge to more obscure sixties bands like The Action or The Creation, because let's face it, the jam rarely ever sounded like a sixties group. You know, Buckler's drum sound, Bruce Foxton always playing those crazy round wound strings. So that double album, I still have it. It's, uh, but it's a great collection. And of course, as I mentioned, it, it got me started as a jam fan. And now I own everything pretty much. So yeah, scrolling through some of these songs. I have to say, I mean, I love every single song. Okay, so let's pick my top five. My top five will be... Strange Town, When You're Young, Dreams of Children, That's Entertainment, and let's go with Bitterest Pill. That's the top five, folks. I'm gonna name my least favorite just to do it. Gotta be News of the World. Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> so, yeah, there you have it. The top five and the least fave all right ciao for now bye thank you bart for that
5: that's my number whatever what are we on i don't
0: even eleven. um i have it at number 10 i love the great opening riff i love the great backing vocals the guitar solo into the bridge is great i love the fact that he says a to z guidebook (laughs) instead of a (laughs) to z guidebook of course um The uh, you've got to walk and talk and four for time always sticks with me. Um, They worry themselves about feeling low. I love the whoa in the background when he's singing that. Um, uh, The ending, Strange Town, Uh and the lead guitar there. Break it up, break it up, clap, clap. Anyway, I love all of it. I love all of it. Uh, it's number 10, made my top 10. Dan, did it make your top 10? Yeah,
1: Jim, it did. Close enough. Number eight, um, <laughs> Strangetown to me, and I really, this is not an insult. It may come out sounding like one, but if you took all 29 of these songs and you fed them into an AI model, since that's all the rage now, um, right. it would spit out Strangetown. <laughs> Strangetown is basically yeah. the sum total. It is the most jammy of all jam songs um, and I figured that was basically worth number eight. Uh, uh, nothing wrong with that. It's a great, completely entertaining song. It's not top five. Um, it never kind of threatened the top five, which I think have some more unique or, or just unbelievably catchy things. But it's a great tune. And I, I knew it wasn't going to ever drop out of the top ten.
0: Oh, my God. The most <laughs> jamiest of jam songs. And <laughs> Sam, Sam, where did you have it? Number one.
1: Oh, <laughs> another number one fall. Holy
0: moly. Yeah.
2: This, this song, li- listening to this, it's uh, the one where I wondered where the jam existed alongside the clash, because there are so many like little clash elements to this um, in, in this song for me. Um, and there's so many great aspects to it. The bass line is so powerful that um, the. the the dreadful snow like you know they're worried about the dreadful snow it's and he's just like mocking it's so sarcastic it's just like oh they're worried about that like oh you know like worry about something real like would you you know it's it's (laughs) such it's such a great commentary on you know he's 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 got blisters on his feet from walking around trying to find a friend and he can't find one because these people are just the worst right um the, uh, it's interesting that he does the affectation on the first dreadful snow, but not the next one, because it's like by the time he gets to the next one, he's like, y- "I, you get it. I hate these people." <laughs> you know, it's great anti-establishment type lyrics, um, which is Paul's stock and trade with with the Jam. I love this song, this one, and and um, and w- uh, when you're young, were the two that just like as I listen, I listen to like the first couple times through, and I'm like, boom, right up the top,
0: number is being revealed, oh and God. it is—that's entertainment. How are we up to
1: number four that quickly? <laughs> <laughs>
0: God. Um, Why don't you talk about it first, Dan?
3: Yeah,
1: uh, this is the one, the other one where I expected some ire, maybe especially from Jim, but after putting Beat Surrender at number 20, bring it on, let's fight. Um, (laughs) This is one of the two jam songs that I did know beforehand. Um, I'm curious to hear from my jam historians why this is the demo version. Was there another version that was ever... uh, on albums, oh, yeah. and, okay, okay. Well, you can tell it, sir, when you get to it. Um, look, it's a beautiful melody. It's a really beautiful melody. It's um, it's very samey, samey. That that's that's why I dinged this. Um, two chords. It started much higher. <laughs> what?
4: <laughs> I said it's
2: the whole song. Two chords.
5: Oh, pretty much. But I, I see guess it's point. four, maybe. Goin. But
1: it uh, it's uh, nothing changes in my mind, um, and so it's it's pretty. I enjoy it. But there was too much other fun, interesting stuff on this album that um, I kept being like, no, I got to make room. I got to make room. And it just this this was the fast faller over the last week, week and a half. And it ended up at number 14. Still above the line. Great song. Glad it's a part of their repertoire, but um, not not one of my faves.
0: This is in the mouth of jam songs. That's Entertainment is amazing. It's number three. And uh, you had it at fourteen. I have it number three. This is the. Uh, this is the. Uh, uh, he wrote it when he got home from a bar. He had had a couple of drinks, and it just came out of him. And I love that. And uh, I love the irony of it. Alanis Morissette wishes she could be this good. <laughs> um, the, not expect uh, that
1: kind of reference on this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, but the, if you listen to it with headphones, there's two acoustic guitars uh, and, and one in each ear, and it's just, they're so good, you know, doing the same thing, but not at the same time, and it's beautiful. Um, you know, we, we memorized all these lyrics as kids. Um, wow! And, you know, I, 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 let's let, let's uh, let's you know rank our favorite stanzas because there are. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, but but as a as a kid, I remember just getting to the kicking the balls. You know, just uh, anyway, uh, the best moment on the song and probably the album is two lovers missing the tranquility of solitude and the harmony of that, and uh, it's it's one of it's one of the greatest songs of all time uh it's number three uh go ahead sam i have it at number five um
2: it would have been higher if the if weren't the demo version because we're listening we're ranking the songs on this album the studio version is i i feel like is more full and lush than this one um it's got i don't remember I, think I just tw- listened
5: to it last night. I could barely tell the difference. Oh, I, I think
2: it's tw- I think they're twelve strings that they're, that they're playing because um, it's it just it just has that much more full, um, rich sound to it. Uh, I, yeah, I I much prefer that one. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are like, "Are you kidding? The demo's way more pure. It's just the two uh-huh. guys and the guitars." It's like, okay, but that's fine. Um, so, couple, one the one question I have off the top was was the band The Laws named after? or about this song (laughs) so many laws in it a Um, whole lot of i i surprised adam didn't count them maybe you did maybe because you're going to talk about it um Um, but to to jim's point even the demo is one of the greats uh one of the greats of all time um some of the latest greatest lyric pairs of all time the first one uh, they're not together but opening the windows and breathing in petrol uh, watching the telly and thinking about your holiday, um, hot summer's day and sticky black tarmac, like mm-hmm. great imagery it's there. Great. Feeding ducks in the That's park and wishing you were far away. That's, That's and then so uh, great. two lovers kissing amongst the scream of midnight. Two lovers missing the tranquility of solitude. The kissing and the missing, like I, this is, like you said, it's one of the top songs of all time because of these lyrics. And Paul wants you to know what <laughs> entertains him. <laughs> Police cars, dogs howling, brakes screeching, a kick in the balls. This is Paul's love language. Know it.
5: Mm. All right. And then, Adam, why don't you bring us home? So many good lyrics. Yeah. It, he wrote it in 10 minutes, apparently. So he says, but he was drunk. Um, so many good lyrics, but so many lyrics, period. Uh, and Even though it is samey, yeah. samey Say Me. It's definitely, you're You're almost like in, it's the British Bob Dylan uh, exactly. or something like that. Um When I was just in England a couple months ago, Rich, who we just heard from, is in the, I think it's the, now he's up to the number 15 uh, mod cover band in in the country, uh, Modern Nation. Uh, They're number three in Kent, but still number 15 nationwide. Uh, So they uh, said I could sing a couple songs with them. So uh, they just started to do Gangsters by Specials. I was totally in on that. I gave them a list of a ton of other songs that I could do either sing lead on these or a backup on these. And their singer said, you can sing lead on That's Entertainment. Oh my God. And I said, no pressure. That was not on my list of leads. Um, but you know what? I, I got a few days. So on the train, uh, Charlotte quizzed me. She would sing the first part of the line and I would complete it. And I got zero. I've heard this song a <laughs> million times. Yeah. and what? And she's like, you'll get it. You'll get it. She's a teacher. And I said, nope. So I just did one song. There's no way I'm going to put myself under that kind of pressure uh, to a festival crowd of at least 20 people that were there for this. Um, But I wish I knew it because the lyrics are so damn great. Uh, There was a San Diego band in town, a short-lived San Diego band called Slow Time Mondays. When I first heard it, I thought, where have I heard that? Where have I heard that? What a great little... yeah." phrase and what a great band name what Um, a great band name when we were in liverpool we fed ducks in the park and charlotte kept singing that but yes jim the best lyric is two lovers missing the tranquility of solitude when i first played london rich was there and i'm looking at him thinking how can i work a jam lyric into an hour and a half set and i couldn't and at the very end on, not even on beat, whatever. I just pointed at him and said, two lovers missing the tranquility of solitude. And that was it, he got his He got his reference. Uh, it's so great, almost in anyone's hands. Morrissey did a really slow version. The Wonder Stuff did a very straight version. Neither yeah. are amazing. The original is fantastic. The album version yeah. that Sam's talking about, the only thing I could tell that was different is there's some backwards guitar on it, which is okay. It's not amazing or bad. Um, but it's just a fantastic song. I have it up at number four. Yes, good job, Adam. Good job, Dan.
0: Drag us down. You it was it. <laughs> to I don't. Uh,
1: you guys didn't sway me. <laughs> I, I'll listen to the lyrics more, but not swayed. And
0: in number three, our bronze medalist is in the city. Uh, Dan, speaking of dragging us down Why don't you talk about this one? Wow, guys
1: You know, I did love this song Because it's punky But, um, you know, I think part of this was Getting hit with the fire hose Of the jam, starting it out So, punky, great But then the next song's punky and great The next song's punky and great So I think I just had trouble Kind of separating it out This ended up at number 12 Um, Loved it in terms of like the punky energy, but um, didn't pick enough other pieces out of it for it to go any higher than that. And again, that's probably someone listening to this. I really do think I listened to this album about twenty times. So wow. twenty times twenty-one is whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I was I was swimming, but um, still, not I look at kind of what ranked above it, and I could see it going a few extra. But um, you crazies, if you guys have a top five, uh, I'm not I'm not with you on it. But I do like it.
5: Well, just out of the top five is Adam, who has it at number six. That's right. Uh, it was their first single, and yeah. it is such a great coming-out-of-the-gate first single, April Fair 1977, record. before the Sex Pistols, uh, which a lot of people have noted because the is very similar to Holidays in the Sun, uh, the main riff from that. Um, they have a song called In the City. The Who have a song called In the City, in the city. Madness, have a song called In the City.
3: city. city.
5: Heck, even Joe Walsh, the closing credits of The Warriors, In the City. (laughs) Best best Eagles-associated song there is, period. So great. Um, I don't know if you guys know the band Beachwood Sparks. They were a mid-'90s kind of cosmic country band. Fantastic. Uh, Their singer has a newer band called Gospel Beach, and has this incredible shimmery song called In the Desert. And the opening line is, in the desert, there's a thousand things I want to say to you. Yeah, it's a great so song. Cool. Uh, oh, Jim was talking about that documentary. What is this? About the young idea. About is the that young a sweatshirt? It's a tote bag of Charlotte's hey. that I snagged just for that oh, nice. visual uh, cue. But yeah, it's another just like bold pronouncement of I am young and I am awesome and this song. Maybe does it than any other, even though he's saying, you know, it's a celebration of a big city, which usually big cities are the enemy uh, in Star Wars or anywhere else. And we've talked a lot about that a lot in the last six years. But I love that he celebrates London because it's so great Uh, and great song. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sam,
0: you've got it higher than six. Where do you have it?
2: I have it at number two. This was sitting number. This was sitting at the top for quite a long time and the more i listened to to this and the more i listened to strange town uh, and w- uh, when you're young like it just it just kind of like fit in between those two um, kind of what adam was saying i cannot think of a more direct statement of purpose than this song uh, it's the title track from their first album It's the first single it's the first song on, its the first single they they released before the album came out so it came out in april and then the the album came out in may it's the first song, though, on side two, and I cannot imagine that decision. Like, because to me, I would have been like, yep, all the chips right up front. Uh, Art School is the name of the song, the first song on side one, and it's pretty quick out of the gate, but it's a bit of a sequencing gap, in my opinion. Like, this is, it. it, it sh- to me, it should have been kind of right up front, like I said. Um, Perhaps they weren't too worried about where it sat on the album because it's it is so great. Or unless the idea was to make people wait for it on the album, um, you know, like you make them listen to side one, so then they have to like flip it over and listen to side two. Um, but that said, I don't I don't know any other songs from that album at all. And um, yeah, the guitar open and hearing the floor hi hat along with it, just like you know, you just hear it like just in the background, like or like off to the side, um, it before the bass comes in. <sighs> It's so good. And then the snare, ah, it, it, I mean, yeah, like it's such a great, like I said, it's a, such a great statement of purpose for the band. The song will always, always, always excite me. I, I, I love this song. It's just that energy, that punky energy, but it's so hooky. It's so much fun. It's number two.
0: You know, it's number two is correct it's number two for me too uh, sam what an opening guitar to, not only to a song but just also to a band what an opening to a mm-hmm. band um there's this video of a, a club in london that they're on stage in 1977 playing the song and it is it's so punk it's so sweat yeah. it's so energy and if you're going to give me punk then f- make it angry but also make it melodic too, yeah. um, and uh, you know, get, and, you know, dress dress guys up in uh, white. I dress was going to say we haven't
5: said skinny. that yet. Like they're not, they don't dress punk. They dress fucking great, and it's yeah, it, it's such a particular thing. That yeah, he was and so, so. And a, into. And a, a <laughs> and statement skinny, at
2: that time. It was a very big statement at that time.
0: The skinny black tie, um, and and you know what? Give me a great bridge in a punk song. You yes. know, um, so I. Uh, <laughs> There was this one moment that I had in in January, 2020, when I went to London for the second time as an adult now, and I went out for a run and I was like, well, what am I going to, I was staying right by Tower Bridge and I was like, what am I going to play in my headphones as I run to Big Ben? And there's only one answer and I put on snap and this just started it (laughs) off and I was like, oh my God, it's great to be alive. (laughs) Great to be alive. Uh, So that's number two. All right, shall we reveal the number two overall ranking Mm -hmm. for the group, which is down in the tube station at midnight.
5: got it lowest I'm, I'm very upset with you go ahead <laughs> love it number nine for me uh how can i love a song at number nine it seems like when we rank these right, things right. i end up looking at it and go like well i only really love the top two but I'm like, i love this song it's to be done at number nine such a great song so violent what i said earlier about dark imagery sing-along happy Melodies. Whoa, holy moly. He's talking about, you know, getting the shit kicked out of you in such graphic ways and the way he describes it. And that's the song that I meant to, you know, I was talking earlier about that kind of contradiction Mm -hmm. of going railing against the right uh, while flying the British flag. But this one, he's saying that he smells of right wing meetings, which Mm -hmm. I think is like such an incredible lyric, um, considering everything that was going on down there. And it's it's catchy and energetic and awesome uh also interesting he says mr jones got run down so i don't know if that's the same character as in smithers jones um i thought of that too great song i'm so curious where you guys have it oh it's almost number one crazy and and they smelt of pub and with scrubs and
0: too many right with right wing meetings yeah they did um uh sam Mm -hmm. you're at number six
2: I have so the first time I heard Two Station was um, when I got the uh, the, the Greatest Hits uh, CD in the '90s. Um, I knew a, like a bunch of the other songs, like I said, not not a ton of them, but this that was the first time I heard this, and then like the. The first couple times I heard it, uh, it took me a listen uh, or two to understand what was going on. But when you get it, when you like really hear what he's singing about, it's gutting and it's so scary. I gets a lot, lot of like Drew vibes from uh, Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And um, but th- the bass from Foxton is great. Like those lo- those mm-hmm. quick little, like, mm-hmm. boop, 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 you know, oh. like whatever it is, it's so good. It's funky and fast, and some of the most cinematic lyrics I've ever heard. Um, one of the interesting things about the lyrics, um, but uh, he says, a cheap holiday. And I was like, mm, cheap holiday? The Sex Pistols talk about a cheap holiday. And then I started thinking about cheap holiday and other people's misery is, is what the Pistols lyric is. And I was, and at for the, probably the first time in my life, I was like, wait a minute, holy shit, a cheap holiday in other people's misery. And then I started thinking about people traveling from, you know, their like, northern middle-class places to places like Mexico or places like you know that that are uh, I mean I'm not sure quite the places that it would be uh, considered in um, in Europe but I mean it's been to mind not necessarily but wh- what did you say Adam
5: Ibiza people Ibiza, go, like yeah. there's like all kinds of destinations that it's all overrun by British
2: yeah and um, and and you know a lot of times they're poorer countries and just kind of that that image of like the cheap holiday other people's misery, and then so, and I looked it up, and I guess that was a um, that was a statement by I forget the name of the of the group, but it was um, yeah I I I should have like done a little bit more research and, and put it in here, but uh, but that's where the pi- post. that's where the pistols got it. Oh, yeah. awesome, thank you. Um, but that's where the pistols got it, and I don't think that this was an answer to that because it's talking about reading an ad. He's seeing that ad on the um, on the wall of the, of the tube when he's you know passing out or dying or whatever whatever's going on but just it it was it was interesting connection for me that those two things were connected but the one a misheard lyric that did inspire all of this madness on for me on this was that when he pulls out the queen smiling big eileen and i didn't know who big eileen was (laughs) um i don't didn't know why she was smiling and then one day recently as like and I, i was just like You know, the songs, the lyrics got stuck in my head. And I was like, smiling, big, beguiling. Ah, Ah. yes. Charming in a deceptive way, which makes way more sense.
0: I always thought it was, uh, let the queen smile at me, darling. Smile at me, darling. That's a good one. That's a
2: good Mr. lyric. Thanks for joining the club. Uh, That's number six. Great, Um, fucking great song.
0: Dan, you've got it where...
1: Oh Jim, you gotta be proud of me. I think we've made up. I have it at number four. Um, yes. this this spent time at number one. Um, uh, incredible song. And like I've told you guys, I I could only digest so much so I did not really get to lyrics. So I didn't know the dark cinematic story that he was painting. But I'll tell you one thing. It's very clear the song is as ominous as other ones are upbeat. Like, that's what's so yeah. amazing about it. Is even without hearing the actual words, urgency is the word I kept thinking of. The yeah. way he sings uh-huh. that bass. I mean, again, the bass on this song is unreal. It's just so, it's almost like the rats skittering around the tube stations. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, it just kind of drives. This whole song just drives and it makes you jittery. And um, it's just phenomenal. Again, I was I was a bit in awe that this was that same band that In the City is on and Beat Surrenders mm-hmm. on. Like such different, such different types of songs. Um, this song actually also gave me echoes of um, two years later. The Cure would come out with Subway Song, yeah, uh, which uh-huh. has a very bass-led song. Obviously, it's a different mm-hmm. uh, tempo and stuff, but um, that same very ominous. Dark at night down in the station. Um so <laughs> I, I totally loved that. And Jim, if you have this number one, I'm gonna I'm gonna celebrate because I feel like that's a makeup for uh what I debated.
0: <laughs> Dan, it's number one. It's the best song of the album. Oh yes, uh, I love it. Uh the only thing you guys haven't talked about is just the tube noise at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just sets the mood so nicely. Yeah. There is a faint uh going on in your right headphone if you're listening to this during the the verses and it's the the track noise you know it's a bird oh, they're trying to that's emit whatever whatever you know uh guitar or bass um muted string that is it's just beautiful um i love the harmonic bass line you know the
4: boom boom
0: boom um uh-huh. so the, uh yeah you're right you guys are right about the bass um it's the best song in the album you guys have said it all let's go to number one wait
1: before we do i just want to say one thing this must have happened once before but have we ever had a number one song that nobody actually put at number one
0: that's not going to happen here dan um because somebody has this at number one what Never we're mind. about to reveal then i uh let's but, not even worry about that but set. we all have we all have different number ones and we all have different number 21s uh oh that's so interesting. here we go town called malice number one Why don't you go first, Adam,
5: and sing the praises of this song? <laughs> I thought maybe we were all going to pick it number one. I uh, thought we were all going
2: to pick "Precious" as the last one. <laughs> that too.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's one thing we definitely didn't say on this one. was there's an obvious last place? Uh, right. And yeah, and yeah. I don't know. If there's a there's an obvious one for this yeah. one. I've always loved this song. I hadn't really thought too much about what my favorite jam song is, and I was thinking it could be this. And the more I listened to it, the more I loved it. Uh, I've heard it probably more than any of the others. It's the it's the most played, if you can call that. It got radio play on 91X when we were growing up, even though, um, you know, Dan, you were saying, like, oh, I didn't hear the jam. Well, the jam had already broke up, you know, and, and they were one of those bands that, like The Clash and The Ramones and The Police, that they still played a lot anyway, but not nearly as much as those other bands I just mentioned. So, yeah, um, haven't got sick of it as, as a result. Uh, it's got maybe one of the greatest openings ever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the production. It just flies out of the speakers. Um the only one that's even comparable and it's super similar is Lust for Life. Uh it yeah. just flies out and that's gotta be a medley mashup and I looked it up and some DJ put them together and it, it was just like one song into the other and it fit perfectly but Someone someone who does mashup live mashups need to do something with that. I'm not saying who. Nice. <laughs> um, the title is a play on words of a 1950 novel called A Town Like Alice. Um, I couldn't oh. find it anywhere else except on one page, this description that could have explained my favorite line in the whole thing, that there was some kind of strike um, uh, with dairy farms versus the co-op that actually distributed the milk in the country or something like that. But the lines... Rows and rows of disused milk floats. Had to look that up. Milk float is the actual truck that would drive uh, milk bottles around uh, England. Mm -hmm. Stand dying in the dairy yard, and a hundred lonely housewives clutch empty milk bottles to their hearts. That line is my favorite line of anything on this whole thing. It is so fantastic. Wow. Um, It's great. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone... Play it no I think I think Bart uh Davenport and Company played it but uh the charlatans have covered it with Paul Weller uh nice. Noel Gallagher has played it with Paul Weller Johnny Marr uh, I believe Dan saw you saw him at Coachella way
1: to steal my story yeah yeah God I saw Paul Weller at Coachella. And uh, I think it was like second to last song. Johnny Marr hopped on stage and they did Town Called Malice. And I was like, I can
5: die now. That was amazing. I think you can refer to episode three or four. We will rank you where the audio. Was it during Smith's? Yeah, Dan Dan tells that story. And I I went and found it on YouTube and brought the audio underneath. Uh, When Rookie Card, my band, my band, my band, got to open up for the surviving members of the MC5, I said, I'll be damned if they're the only band that's going to kick out the jam. So in the middle of one of our songs, we did a little bit of Town Called Malice. Uh, did not do it justice. The song is so fantastic. It is my number one.
0: Uh, it deserves nice. to be. It is it number one for the whole group. Good job, Adam. Um, Sam, you had it a little lower. I had it quite a bit lower. I had it at number seven. Um,
2: but it's, I mean, it's Town Called Malice. Like, what are you going to do? It's, it, the two, the two <laughs> steps, <laughs> it's the two steps. the two yeah, the two step drums and the organ uh, once again signaling a shift in the jam sound. It's a fun tune. The organ hook is unstoppable. Like uh, when you think of the song, like that's what you think of. That dun na It's simple. So, yeah, so simple. So good. A full bridge and instrumental breakdown two thirds th- through the song, give it give it like a a full feel. Like there's there's still a lot going on all the stuff jim loves he's snapping right now and it's Uh all that stuff that he loves (laughs) uh this the and the jam has it like the jam has it on a whole like the 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 breakdowns they do the bridges uh like the codas that it's such great songwriting in arranging these songs and and putting them together it's it's a skill that i've never had um and I, I'm seriously, You just like plow right through those songs. No
5: breaks, no nothing.
2: Right. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, the the Jim's worst nightmare of like a song without a bridge, I feel like, um, <laughs> but, um, but the jams got it and this song has it and it's a great song. I didn't make a mistake because there's the, the songs above it. I love so,
0: so, so, so much, but this one's another great, um, you have it at number seven. I've got it at number five. Uh, and the only line that you haven't talked about that I just love is to either cut down on the beer or the kid's new gear. It's a big decision in yes. town called Malice. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, somebody else has it at number five. And I wanted to end on you, Dan, with the newbie to the jam. Uh, you've got Town Call Malice at number five. Yeah, Why?
1: I do have it at number five. Um I feel like that's the right place for it. This was the other song. Of course I knew this song. I not only knew, but I knew well, like this was the song I associate with the jam and it, it just, yeah. Like swing in London. Like this just conjures up, like there's that image of London. I think from like Austin powers where like everybody in London is having the best time ever. And the party's always going. Right. And this song just brings that to the forefront in my mind. Um, it's just it's just so um yeah i don't know i don't i'm out oh, of adjectives it's yeah. so energetic yeah. um phenomenal i i think i was so pleasantly surprised by other songs that they kind of jumped it and I, maybe i broke my own yeah, rule yeah. of like the overplayed but um it was never the going out of
0: don't don't sleep on the overplayed that's your rule exactly. yeah exactly but point. it
1: was never going out of the top 5 i'll tell you that cuz it's it's just so great um adam if you're going to do that um that mashup with lust for life i mean you gotta open with the inspiration clearly this is you can't hurry love like they yeah, clearly cribbed course. it yeah. as mm-hmm. have one billion other songs um but Last it's, it's brilliant i love that they um this was actually already on my genius steals playlist be- uh, before i even did this album because again like this is just so clearly just ripping out that bass line yes please we're gonna build um, on that
6: no, it's,
1: oh it's- Go listen to them back to back. Yeah, I mean it's it's
5: it's 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 similar. It's 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 definitely got the Motown vibe for sure. Um, the bass the bass
1: line is literal though. Like they literally started with the bass line at least to begin with. I'm not saying they didn't do anything different, but it's sure. literally the bass line.
5: But this one <laughs> flies out like you can't hurry really love. Just is not like as nearly as much of a banger, and it's because of the energy yes. that the jam brings to it. You know, yeah. agree. But yeah, and obviously
1: great. they build on that with the drum fills and all the rest of it. Anyways, yeah, sure. uh, great album, Jim, yeah. and uh, yes. it was Thank a you. lot of
5: fun. Holy moly. Yeah. We are at two and a half hours probably with breaks, kids. I'm as oh exhausted as I
1: am from, I thought I was exhausted before from listening. Now I'm even more exhausted.
5: <laughs> uh, let me wrap it up really quick.
0: Uh, last, the bottom three, News of the World, Dreams of Children, and Funeral Pyre. Top three, In the City, Down in the Tube Station at Midnight, and Town Called Malice. Those.
5: That's the group ranking. Um nice. this, I hope uh, Dan has enough energy to... The, Those
0: this, top uh, three
1: are great, but you guys really did funeral pyre so dirty, I just want to say. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um,
0: this, uh, about the young idea, um, Doc, that we keep talking about, there's a quote that somebody says that this band is, uh, the jam is, uh, they are the Who kissed by Motown with a dash of Clash. I love that. Um, yeah, that's great. Such a great band. So glad we did this. Thanks for listening. And now it's over to Dan to pick the next greatest hits album that we're going to Holy
5: Lord. Holy the Lord, guys. What a responsibility. It doesn't sound like he has an energy to do it. That's, I was that's...
1: convinced that some of y'all were going to pick off some of my list along the way, and none of you did. So shame on you. So I still was stuck with what am I going to pick. Um, and what I realized as I was regularly consuming 29 songs again and again that I didn't know... <laughs> Is what I've noticed is there's kind of three types of artists that we deal with on this podcast. Category one is we all know the artist, we all love the artist, we know them like the back of our hand, and we're just it's a love fest of how much we know and love this artist. Category two is ones we don't know as well, and that's often a different, diff, you know, different one of us on each one of them. Um, but there is a third category, guys. Category three is artists that we all know a ton of songs, they're omnipresent, it's like oxygen, but maybe none of us have really just listened again and again in a really mindful way and sort of absorbed them and really given them kind of that that second listen, that hard kind of consideration. And I feel like that's a ripe territory for greatest hits. And actually, Adam, I think you already did this with Queen. I think Queen's a great example of this where I don't think any of the four of us are Queen mega fans, But we Uh. knew most, if not all, those songs. And now it's a chance to really listen and decide what we think. So, guys, we're going back to Category 3. We know these songs. We're staying in the 80s. I'm not sure if we'll ever get back to this artist. I mean, we will because we're going to discuss every album ever. I'm not sure we've ever mentioned this artist on this podcast even once.
0: Any guesses? Oh my God, it's Phil Collins! Don't do this. Oh my God, I, I thought l- about being Phil Collins, I but would honestly, love it, if it was Phil Collins, but because two thirds I-
1: of his songs are so bad and a third is brilliant, oh, I couldn't God, go there. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> oh, we I, are oh, yeah. do. Go ahead, Madonna. You nailed it. Hey. Oh, Maybe oh, one of the gosh. best ever greatest hits collections. Yeah. We're doing the Immaculate Collection. Yeah.
7: Oh, by the Queen moly. of Bali nice.
1: there are
5: only 48 songs on the standard version. Is that the one we're doing?
1: No, there is 17 songs on just the straightforward version. I am going to write you. <laughs> we are going to uh, play with the format. I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. Instructions uh-huh. will come uh, via email.
0: There's a clear number one. Oh, right <laughs> out the gate.
1: He's ready to go. I love it.
0: all right you guys smiley express yourself let's go (laughs) all right no
1: no no i'm not saying that's number one i'm just saying you're gonna get a chance to anyways god i've I've been listening to i've been listening to sam too long this is this is bad
5: kick out the style bring back the match here Uh, we go there you go nice
2: Please subscribe, rank, and review our show at your favorite local podcast shop and send us a note to wewillrankupod at gmail.com. Sam writes about music on the web at yourolderbrother.com and Adam's stuff is at y-e-r-d-o-i-n-great.com. If you like our show, then you'll love all the stuff we post on our social media, so follow us at wewillrankupod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and let us know what your most loved and least liked songs are.